welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Global Milk. Global Milk! If you keep touching that, it may fall off. And you'll go blind. Global Milk. A subsidiary of Repentheo Productions. Okay, welcome everybody to episode 46 of Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. I'm your host, Mike. Joined by the other Mike. And Hello. we have... The newer and better Josh. Josh Strasberg, hey. how you doing? Hey, it's the Strasberg. I'm doing good. <laughs> I finally got you trying, on. <laughs> trying out my new catchphrase. Hey, it's the Strasberg. It's a me, the Strasberg. <laughs> meet your old Josh, same as the new Josh. Wait, meet your new Josh, same as the old Josh? Uh, I don't know if any, anyone is the same as the old Josh. That's a lot no. to live up to. That was less, less Herzog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh is currently in the process of moving. This is week one of how many ever it takes Josh to kind of get his life in order as he packs up all of his toys and moves them from point A to point B. Yep. In the meantime, we will have Josh Strasberg guesting on this episode, which is going to be very comic book and very G.I. Joe heavy to kind of tie into G.I. Joe week here at the Red Pantheon. Next week, we are going to have the long-awaited Demonic Toys episode that will be me, Mike, and Dawn trying out a new format <laughs> uh, for special episodes on Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, where we talk about movies that are horrible <laughs> and toy-themed most of the time. But these are movies that you wouldn't wish upon your worst enemy. I can't wait <laughs> till we get to uh, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. The Toymaker. <laughs> <laughs> such a classic um but there's literally years and years of just garbage films that charlie band made alone so God, yeah. you know get excited for classics like ginger dead man 3 saturday night cleaver and <laughs> any puppet master get excited film. about it <laughs> no no you don't <laughs> it's mandatory damn it <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> so guys before i forget Last week, we did a He-Man week at the Red Pantheon, where you guys had your From Here to Eternia episode, and that kind of segued into the greatest He-Man toy of all time episode, where Grizzler became a gay icon, and Modulok <laughs> won the, the big contest. And I was listening as I drove home late at night from Buffalo back to Rochester, because I hung out and watched uh, Slumber Party Massacre at Thursday Night Terrors. Yes. And you guys kind of accidentally fell into basically the skeleton of the lore of Masters of the Universe with you guys kind of like, what if this happened? What if that happened? It was all pretty close or close enough to the point where any He-Man fan would be like, yeah, that he gets bit by a radioactive spider. He becomes Spider-Man. You got it. Mm -hmm. um, nice. There's just one part where <laughs> you guys were like, hey, what if Hordak you know, does experiments on, on Kaldor and makes mm -hmm. him Terra Claw Skeletor. And I just kept screaming at my radio. He'd have to put him in the slime pit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and the funny thing is 
once you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, yeah, that would have been freaking perfect. <laughs> this is one of those problems of like improving off the top of the head because afterward, like listening back, you're like, oh, damn it. Why didn't I mention that? Right. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I, w- I would have loved the slime pit in that. Yeah, especially uh, since I, I even mentioned like having like uh, like the Snoke clones as like a, a metaphor for like what we were talking about, you know what I mean? And right. I'm like, oh, it, duh. But you know, me, I'm not being as familiar with it. Like I, I, I didn't even think about it until yeah, until you mentioned it, and I'm like, oh shit, like I forgot that thing even existed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's even more frustrating is I have sitting like across from me right now the Mega Construct slime pit, and I'm just like, damn it! I it was right there. It. It's literally right there. <laughs> But literally, that's the joy of Raised by Rentals is you listen and you participate, <laughs> but nobody knows you're participating. So you just talk to your radio just or yell in frustration. Computer. Yeah, where you're like, you forgot the thing. <laughs> um, well, I was doing the same thing when you guys were doing your uh, Motu bracket. You know, I'm, I'm walking down the street to get the mail and I'm just randomly yelling, Modulock, you know, like as, as if I'm <laughs> voting, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I did. Yeah, I did. I did successfully call that one, although no one knew about it except for me <laughs> and whoever <laughs> walked past me with their dog while I was yelling on the way to the mailbox. Like that guy <laughs> has a really weird version of Tourette's. Where he I, had a, out figures. I had a short list of like, I think these guys are going to win. It was Modulak, Stinkor, King Hiss. Yeah, I thought were like the strong yeah. winners. I'll be honest. Um, I, I thought either Skeletor or Modulok, and I was shocked that Skeletor fell out of the running so quick. Well, Terraclaw's made it to the very end. Yeah. True, true. I thought th- that, I thought that is my sure, favorite. I thought for sure Terraclaw was going to win it, just because it's like, you know, well, it's like Skeletor. Like, he's not quite He-Man, but he's basically, like, the title character, you know what I mean? And it's right. like, I really thought, and when it came down to, like, prestige and importance that Skeletor was going to have to win, but I was kind of glad you guys didn't go there. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think Modulok just... is... Yeah. Okay. If you're going with the characters of the lore, yes, it's Skeletor. Yes. But we were specifically picking the toys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Modulak was too big for me to steal back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get my mom to pay for that one. <laughs> I, I really cannot wait for the Origins Modulak. You know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And I can't friggin' wait for it. Like, it's just going to be so much fun to play with that figure again. Because, man, I haven't I haven't held a Modulok figure since I was like maybe 12. So it's like, ah, I can't wait. Get it out there. I can't wait to read the headlines like adult man chokes on Modulok pieces and dies. <laughs> because you're going to be like really tempted to put it in your mouth. <laughs> Can I still chew on his weird little ant butt? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to stick this butt to my cheek and see what happens. I think the, the headline's even worse with the butt in your mouth. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to go there. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's do some quick plugs. Uh, we have obviously Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. You'll have an episode next week that is going to be the Saturday Morning Spooktacular, or whatever we call it, the the Demonic Toys episode. You guys have on Raised by Rentals your GI Joe episode coming up. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah. This week, uh, to coincide with this show coming out, we have the Raised by Rentals. Uh, rental rant kind of special where you you came on and joined us yep. for some talk about gi joe 
uh, and that should come out this week. So that was pretty fun and also very toy focused, which was a nice, uh, a nice, uh, you know, difference or a nice way to mix up the normal format of the show. And then next week uh, we have the uh, full length GI Joe improv episode. So we'll uh, announce that uh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Indeed. I'm excited for you guys to revisit the classic mid 2000s G.I. Joe movie. Um, <laughs> a movie so great, I've seen it one time. Same. Um, and I, I don't only watched it. it for the show. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. I've seen um, it twice. <laughs> I, like, I like them both way more than I like the Transformers movies. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have a soft spot for the first Transformers until the very end. But yeah, fuck, the, uh, fuck those movies. Fuck every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> a little too loud and exciting for me. Uh, and there is a new episode of Heretic Party out that focuses heavily on Christian rock, in particular, Carmen, who I've never oh. heard of before. Um, and then they interview an ex-Christian rocker who's now a folk singer mm-hmm. that has some sort of connection to Christian uh, one of the show's hosts. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, I liked it. I had a blast with it, like I always do with their episodes. Uh, that was one of those, sorry to interrupt, that was one of those episodes where I was yelling at my radio in the car as I was listening to it, because I have a, you know, a huge history with, uh, with Christian music, uh, having yeah. been in a, been in a Christian band, being, been super, super into, like, the Christian, like, youth group hardcore scene of the 90s, and I was just, like, screaming at the, <laughs> at my radio, like, you forgot this, and you forgot this, and, oh, I wanted to make so many comments, and they actually did use one of my suggestions for Christian bands that I still listen to to even though i don't participate in that lifestyle anymore but uh, i still jam out to staves acre i have a friend who's really into skillet and i love Ugh. busting her i love busting her chops <laughs> anytime she puts skillet stuff up on facebook i love making fun of the lead singer's really dyed beard <laughs> oh, God, yeah because it, oh, it yeah. looks like he dunked it in motor oil oh. it's ridiculous and I always ask her, like, are you sure that's his natural beard color? And she just gets mad at me, like, don't ruin my favorite band, you jerk. <laughs> well, see, but not to, not to derail things too much, but, like, even within, like, that, like, Christian, like, hard music scene, you know, there's, like, uh, there's, like, the butt rock and, like, the underground rock, you know? And and so you get, just like we might make fun of or, you know, pick on, uh, I don't know, like, Nickelback or Puddle of Mud or, or whatever right. as, as compared to some, like, underground punk band, you know, and they're, it, that you would very rarely see them like on a bill together or whatever but like in the christian scene it's kind of small so you get like a skillet who's like the nickelback of the scene playing on you know uh, the same bill with like some uh you know more uh legit you know sort of underground indie band so it's it, it's definitely hard to separate but you know we we still look down our nose our noses at like the the life house and the switch foot of the scene <laughs> <laughs> even though they've yeah. got some great songs i'll admit they've got some great songs so does nickelback but uh you know we still uh, we we reveled in uh in being uh real uh you know real uh, elitist and shit about about stuff in our tiny tiny little scene it was i can i mean it's my show i'll derail it any way i want but um <laughs> so growing up in rochester the youth group that was like the mafia was called young life <laughs> have you heard of it no no i lived in rochester but i was i was out of it at that point so this was like 
99 is when I was exposed to all this. And they had like, it was such a weird juxtaposition. So on one hand, you had kids who were in like the local scene for like indie. I was into like the indie metal scene, which was this band Lethargy, which then evolved into Mastodon. So oh, okay. it was like yeah. that type of quality music. And then you had guys who were like, if you said you, you had to say you were into like the Pet Shop Boys or they would beat you up. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Could they beat you up if they were into the Pet Shop Boys? <laughs> I was just going to say, it doesn't um, seem like a very threatening. <laughs> they were like, so it was all that like dashboard confessionals, whiny rock. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm going to sit in a stairwell or at a coffee shop at a campus and the sole purpose of this music is to get girls to give me their number. Yeah. With like the thin veil of Christian rock. And it was just so well, like they beat you up because they had sheer numbers. Like the school I went to was very, very Christian um, just from the neighborhood. But there was like little pockets of kids who were like into different things. And if you didn't conform, they'd come after you. And I, I know, Mike, you say like they're not Christian if they're like that. But yeah, not to put devil's advocate, but teenagers are idiots. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so like, of True. course, they're going to abuse that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, it's just I, it's more of like this morbid curiosity that I listen to Heretic Party because I'm not I'm not religious at all. I'm atheist. Mm-hmm. And part of that's because of how I grew up in high school and being treated the way I was treated just because I didn't fit in with the other kids. But it's also just like, oh, so this is what's going on behind the scenes. I could finally get like that peek behind the curtain to a world that did not want me a part of it uh <laughs> so it's very interesting to me um oh yeah anyway it's, it's, yeah. it's a good show it's a really good show yeah like they really put their time and effort into production absolutely uh, so it's good it's interesting and i haven't found anything out there like that granted the bulk of my podcasts are like stuff within the rap pantheon network or like serial killer podcasts. <laughs> and there really isn't a, a wide variety of toy podcasts that are good. So it's just, you know, ours, which that's highly debatable if we're good or not, because we get no <laughs> feedback. I think it's like six people a week that listen. <laughs> and uh, there's another toy podcast called the major wrestling figure podcast that kind of covers a lot of stuff that's it i don't know where i'm going with this um you guys want to hop into show and tell i think it's we got a good two-week period of stuff that we bought but we also have the benefit of having dr strausberg here with us to tell us about comic books and i got a bunch of comic books because of free comic book day and you know it's that time of year indeed so i'll start Mike, do you want to jump in and then Strasburg, you can finish? Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Works for me. So, local comic book store, I have a rule. Whenever I can stick to it, anytime I walk into a comic book shop, I have to buy something. Because I feel like it's it's got to be the worst thing in the world. You're a small comic book shop owner. Somebody comes in and browses and then doesn't buy anything and leave because you don't have that specific thing they're looking for or your thing is too high-priced or whatever. Um so while I was roaming around Buffalo waiting for terrors to start, I just wanted a comic book shop run and picked up stuff every time I stopped. Um, in particular, I got the Mutagen Man Super 7 again, this time to open and play with. Mm. So I have two now. Um, he's the best thing ever. But oh, you I know this. Love him. <laughs> um, 
I wish he had tubes. That was my only complaint. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they're there, but um, he's awesome. I picked up the there's a new Death Dealer comic that's out. Um, I got the first issue. Not very good. Oh, that's about. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion you got to sell me in the first issue Definitely. of your premise, or I'm not going to jump on board because comics are so expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's different if it's a trade paperback, but it's so this is very by the numbers of like he's possessed by a demon and he has to scream, "We are Death Dealer." And he becomes super powered and fights monsters. And there's a bimbo with a baby that gets kidnapped and he has to save her. That's pretty much the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just bored by it. The artwork's nice, I'll give it that. But as far as the storytelling goes, uh, pretty much by the book. You know, regular barbarian comic stuff. And I have a lot of barbarian comics, so I'll consider myself a little bit of an expert. I picked up the 20th anniversary Marvel Legends Iron Man figure that came out. I found one at retail, which is basically the first wave of Marvel Legends that came out 20 years ago, where Captain America, Hulk, Iron Man, and Toad, for some reason. Uh, yeah. Toad was a, layo- a leftover from a previous X-Men assortment where they had two two-packs that were supposed to feature characters from the first movie. So, like, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and then comic book Wolverine and then Ray Park as Toad and then comic book Toad. So they took that comic book Toad out of this two pack that never came out and put him in the assortment. And then they made Captain America, Iron Man and Hulk. Um, And this was on the footsteps of Spider-Man classics, which had Spider-Man regular, Spider-Man black, uh, Venom and man spider spider. And it was super successful. So like, let's move on to Marvel legends. So they're, They've made these four guys again. And some mm-hmm. of these are guys who are out already with like touched up details, new us like new accessories, a new head, or they're all new in the case of Toad. But this Iron Man, uh, they've never made in this modern style with that armor. So it's the like the second version of the armor that Iron Man had for a long time, where it's just the all red chest and yellow arms and legs. And oh yeah. The mask that's got the two fins at the top of his head. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the regular flat mask. This is based on the chase version of that said Marvel Legends because they've had the regular flat mask came out last year. Uh, Marvel Legend nerd for you, and it's got special packaging and stuff, but that's the one of that group that I wanted to get him and Toad, but Toad doesn't come out until later this year. Um, that and I picked up some omnibuses for Mike Manola's stuff. I got Witchfinder General. Nice. And volume one of Lobster Johnson. I haven't read them yet because I have the complete collection of Hellboy short stories to read and uh, BPRD volume one. So I'm kind of reading them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is no exact reading order because I haven't read them as they came out. So I'm kind of bouncing back and forth. And those short stories don't really fit in anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the middle of those and I have a quest to read everything uh, in the Hellboy universe uh, if it doesn't break the bank, because those are some expensive books. And thanks to you, Strasburger, the one that got me the two omnibuses to begin with, which has gotten me hooked. So nice. well, shit, now I got to catch up. <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> since I read any. I think I was I think I was current up to about 2000. 12 maybe and then i fell way behind at that point yeah it's like 
the story proper has ended, but now they're going back and doing like Hellboy in the fifties and like Witchfinder Generals in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, there's a Frankenstein omnibus that came out. There's a bunch of stuff. It's all kind of in that universe proper. Uh, I'm learning as I go. I mean, the only thing I can speak about with authority is Goon and, um, you know, like the boys and shit that's finished essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's it. I probably forgot stuff, but it wasn't that important. I would have remembered it if I did. Um, or butt stuff like those spiders that Mike got, which is a great segue. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I now have the final faction space Karen spiders. Thanks to Mike. And oh my God, I freaking love them. I came very close to going online and ordering a case. Um, and just like sending a few of the extras to you guys. Cause I'm like, yeah, I need an army of these little spiders. Like they're, they're good for pretty much all of the figure lines. Like I had them fighting transformers. I had them fighting GI Joes. Like I freaking love these <laughs> things. And you um, know what I did the other night and it was the most fun ever. I got some of my halo mega constructs out. Oh, yep. That would really, be fit. Perfect. Really fun. Because then you get like Battlestar trooper. Yep. Size comparison. So it's pretty cool. It, it's 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 very much yeah very much like a Starship Troopers thing, but yeah. I, Battlestar Troopers is the direct to Sci Fi Channel Siam version that I just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, don't watch that. But yeah, the, I I cannot express how cool these figures are. Like, it, it pisses me off that Final Faction is pumping out these amazing figures for a buck twenty five. And then you look over at Hasbro's efforts for their three and three fourth on, uh, three and three fourth inch line, uh, you know, a company that was known for making amazing three and three fourth inch figures, and like the dollar store is eating their lunch. It's like, dude, wh- what are you doing? <laughs> like, these are so <laughs> good. But I ended up picking up a couple more of the uh, synthoids, so now I have like five of the synthoids. <laughs> so I got like a little army of those going. Um, and then my uh, my big bad toy store order finally came in, so I got the Revelations Merman, which I I really like the Revelations figures. I know Mike, I know you're not getting them because you have the classics, but for yeah. for someone like myself who missed out on on classics, Revelations is a great way, or Masterverse I should say, is a great way to pick up some of these characters. And um, I can't stop giggling though at the Merman figure because he's. From Revelation, so he's, he has the scar over his eye, so he's missing one eye. But his other eye is really wide open, and every time I see him, all I can hear in my head is my old boss from Media Play going, I can't hear you talking to my good eye! And <laughs> <laughs> it just cracks me up every damn time. And so I got him, and then I got um, the CGI He-Man Orko, which is just really fun. I my only complaint is I wish he could come off of the little like uh, hover blast that is kind of holding him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still has the power punch feature and all that. And his is kind of fun because his uh, his fist like energy effect sits loose enough that it's very much like trap jaw. When you do the power punch, he flings it, so it's like he throws the blast. Okay. Um, so I, I was you know using that to to throw around the room and have my cats chase it, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> So that was fun. And then I finally got the um, Steve Austin uh, Masters of the WWE figure. So it's the uh, the trap jaw Steve Austin, which, it, you know, having that figure just makes me wish that Mattel would just 
release a bunch of different parts on their store. Just like, <laughs> hey, here's a bunch of Origins and WWE parts. Like, go nuts. Make your own figure. Because I would totally buy, like, a bunch of different trap jaw arms and <laughs> make weird monsters with them. They're, they're a lot of fun. But that was my haul nice. this week. Mr. Strasburg. All right. What kind of comic books have you picked up? That's right. Where do I even start? Shit, because I, I lose track of, like, when I got stuff. So the most recent thing, well, I'll say this. I think I have a pretty even balance between the two, like, areas of uh, comic, uh, I guess, fandom or genre that I focus on. So I got a shit ton of stuff in the past couple of weeks from, like, Fantagraphics, uh, the publisher, and AdHouse, who are going out of business. And I just I had to go and take advantage of the sale that they were having. And I posted a bunch of that, bunch of that stuff on Instagram. But then I also got a shitload of, like, 90s image superhero <laughs> comics. Nice. <laughs> uh, which is, like, the two, the two spectrums that, or the two opposite ends of the spectrum of my fandom. So the most recent thing that I just uh, was messing with last night was I got the uh, Gen 13 Deluxe Edition hardcover that just came out, which is a reprint of the original miniseries and then the first five issues of the ongoing series from uh, 1990. Four, I think it was. And then there's a couple of like uh, extras, uh, like the zero issue, the half issue, a couple of backups and short stories. So that was pretty cool. I actually already had most of that material already collected in paperback. Um, I have one paperback now that's just completely redundant because of the hardcover, but there was, I wanted some of the backup stories and extra stuff that was in it. And it's just a really big, nice, you know, pretty looking hardcover. And I've been obsessed with collecting Wildstorm, uh, like square bound issues uh, for a long time. And uh, I couldn't Gen pass it up. wrapped up? Yeah, so the original series, um, well, it's launched a couple of times and there's currently not a a DC uh, comic because uh, DC bought Wildstorm in yeah. like 97 or whatever. And then they shuttered Wildstorm like 10 years ago, but you know, they've been bringing back the Wildstorm characters into Marvel or into DC continuity proper. And I'm not a big DC guy, so I, I haven't really been reading a ton of it except for like after the fact on uh, just on bootlegs um, or, or pirate issues. But you know, they've, they've incorporated characters like, grunge from gen 13 and grifter uh pretty solidly into the dc universe but they haven't had an actual D- gen 13 comic the last one they had that was their own was the last reboot uh from hmm, the early i forget it was the early 2000s when they did this big like world storm crossover but that was before they shuttered Wildstorm as an imprint so it's been a long time but uh i recently like just a couple months ago, finished reading the original Gen 13 series, which I had never actually read all the way through. It ran for like 70 issues and uh, about as many spinoffs and like one shots and stuff. And I read every single damn issue of it. And it was amazing, especially about about a third of it that was done by Adam Warren, the uh, who you would know from like Empowered and like the Dirty Pair. Uh, and oh God, it was so good when they brought in those like manga elements. I miss it a lot. I'm super sad about it. So I had to get the big hardcover and read it all over again. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. And, and I love, and I love going into comic book shops too, and just always trying to buy something. So yeah, I did go on free comic book day and my comic shop had like a little, almost like a little mini convention in the backyard. It's it, the shop is literally in like an old house. Uh, and so I, I mentioned this on the boogeyman's closet when I was on there recently. Um, and, and the Patreon uh, patrons can hear us talk a little bit about that, uh, <laughs> where I picked up some Halloween man and some other, uh, local comics like Bigfoot nose karate. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
just a really cool, fun, a fun book by Dan Price uh, that I also featured on Comics Boost, and I got to meet him at that little convention at the shop. Uh, I but have. While, go I'm ahead. Sorry, I'm going to chime in just because of what I've seen. I've looked at the Halloween Man covers mm-hmm. with like the pumpkin hockey mask, and I've been tempted. Is that is that the comic I'm thinking of? I think you're thinking of maybe of Red Room, which uh, has characters with like a pumpkin hockey mask. Red Room is that like torture porn comic that Ed Piscor is doing from Fanagraphics. But then Halloween Man is uh, created by Drew Edwards, who is an Austin native and one of the like uh, sort of stalwarts of the Austin comic scene. Uh, He's been doing it for a long time. They did a crossover with Hackslash, which is probably you know, the, the most exposure that he got, but, uh, Halloween man wears a, a, a t-shirt or it's really more of like a, like a baseball tee with a jack-o'-lantern design on the front of it. And his superpower is, is basically that he has any power that would make him like a horror movie villain. You know, that's, that's what he is. He is the horror movie, uh, character. So, uh, he's got like a skeleton hand and a weird like demon that like possesses his half of his face. And it's a, it's a super fun comic and it takes place in this like super, uh, super futuristic sci-fi version of Austin. And his, uh, his gal is, uh, is a uh, like a science starlet adventurer as well so it's a it's a really really cool series and i've met drew edwards before but i got to actually have a conversation with him at the little con on free comic book day and uh couldn't help but pick up another one of the collections you know you mentioned horror comics i forgot to mention i picked up i found a copy of the first comic appearance of freddy krueger which oh, nice. is the freddy krueger nightmare on elm street comic magazine which mm-hmm. then means I need to pick up the Jason versus Leatherface, which I believe is the first Jason Voorhees appearance. Is that right, Mike? Ah, uh, no, actually, the first Jason. Is it I th- the Tops Comics. Yeah, what was uh, Josh? Help me out. That one you sent me one of the issues after I bought the the first issue. Um, oh my God, something six, Satan six, I think. Oh, Satan six. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Or he yeah, cameo. Yeah, yeah, where uh, yeah, Jason is in the episode issue four. I think he is. He was yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. That's um, the the first appearance, I believe. I could be mistaken, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's his first comic appearance. Yeah, yeah. that's that Satan Six was a weird cash grab because it was actually like a, an abandoned Jack Kirby comic pitch that he had drawn a couple issues for, and then Topps Comics bought the rights to it, and they got this artist named John Cleary who was like a Todd McFarlane clone, uh, you know, to to draw the rest of the series. And I forget the guy who wrote it, but it was super super fucking bizarre. And yeah, they they bring Jason in for like a quick little cameo because Topps was publishing uh, after that Friday the Thirteenth comics, and it was super weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna have to go back. Like, I'm pretty sure I have the first Leatherface appearance, which would be the Texas Chainsaw Three tie-in comic. I gotta double check to see if it's Jason versus Leatherface, or if it's that which came in first. Um, I know I've looked for the Jason versus Leatherface comics, and they do get pricey. Yeah, um, you know, Hell which yeah. is what's always kept me from purchasing them. Um, obviously, you know, there's plenty of ways to read it online and it's absolutely ridiculous, uh, yeah. but I would, I would love to have that in my collection. That would, that would be one of those ones I'd probably put in a frame and hang it on the wall. That's the only reason I want these. Yeah. Um, Cause the cover, the covers are so genius. Yeah. I've got yeah. like, again, I have to, you might know what came first, the dark horse Clive Barker Hellraiser stuff or the Marvel Hellraiser Clive Barker verse. I print that they had for like a year. 
I think it was the Marvel one. If I, I could be mistaken, but I really do think it was because Marvel made a deal with Clive Barker. Yeah. And they, yeah. they had that whole like, it, like you said, the, I forget what it was called, uh, but it had like Razor weird. Line? Was it called yeah, Razor uh, Line? Some, yeah, Razor else? yeah, they had their own superhero team, which yep. wasn't the best. And they the first Hellraiser, like the Pinhead comic in metallic red, where it's like yep. Arrowhead and Pinhead merged. Yeah. Not a good it's, comic, but just to have it, you know. I, I know there was a lot of great Barker uh, comics that came later. Like there was a, a comic adaptation of Rawhead Rex where it's desi- he's designed the way Barker painted him. So he's freaking terrifying looking versus the weird biker demon from the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like he, he basically the, the way Barker painted him, he kind of looks like if Mayor McCheese ran around naked and eight people <laughs> like it's <laughs> terrifying. Um, yeah. But that they did like the night breed stuff and the Hellraiser lines and all that. Yeah. yeah. I, I just looked it up real quick. Yeah. The timeline was really close together because it wasn't dark horse. It was eclipse comics. Uh, That's so, what it was. Yeah. So Marvel did put out Clive Barker. They did like the night breed comic in like 1990, but it was really soon after that, like in 91, 92, 93 that uh, he put Clive Barker put out a bunch of stuff through eclipse, including that, that raw head Rex, uh, raw head Rex, and a bunch of other adaptations of his short stories. And then I think IDW reprinted it later on the Eclipse stuff, but I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I got the Nightbreed collection, which features some raw head Rex one-offs that were packed into it. Um, and the Nightbreed comics aren't that good; they don't hold up like I remember them as a kid. But um, you know, we're we're yeah. on a tangent as we like to do. <laughs> I, I want to mention one more quick thing, if you don't mind, just on the on the pickups. Uh, that I think yeah. it's uh, it's a little bit more apropos to uh, to the show here because it's uh, not technically a comic, but uh, I showed these to to Mike offline. I bought the uh, comic or the the movie replica comics from the Lost Boys, the uh, Vampires Everywhere and Destroy All Vampires. Yeah, uh, uh, who makes those? I got the email. Oh, I forget the guy's name now. I'll have to look it up. Um, Justin yeah. Ishmael? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, that was one of those like late night, like I saw an ad on Instagram and I'd been drinking too much. And I was like, sure, I'm going to just buy uh, what three sets. Yeah, that sounds enough. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but they are really, really cool because they look exactly like old Tuma Dracula. There's only like six pages of story and both issues are the same content, but just a different cover because there wasn't really enough pages. But they're really fucking cool looking. That... I mean, Lost Boys is such a great classic movie and you could pick it apart forever. But something that I always loved was the boardwalk scenes where the comic book shop is just open, open air comic book store. Oh, hell yeah. Which is something that you think of like that can't be real. That must be like a a California thing. But my grandparents lived uh, on the boardwalk in New Jersey. So I'd visit them in the summers and on the boardwalk, they had comic book stores like that. That there was oh, nice. just open air. You walk in, and there's just comic books, and it was like the right kind of comic book store where it was just cluttered. Nice. Which you know, like you're not supposed to be able to find stuff easily in comic book stores, in my opinion. You got to work for it. You're like, <laughs> oh yeah, the <laughs> best stuff is like etc. In Rochester, <laughs> they yeah they got bought out. No, they get bought out. He moved to a new building because the old comics etc. Like the where they were got gentrified and turned into a restaurant so they've moved into a new place it's like heavily on gaming now um 
But I, I prefer that, like, the place is so packed, there's comic books hanging from the ceiling. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, that always seems more appropriate to me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I love that about uh, Lost Boys. Cool. Comics. So, we made a little joke on the G.I. Joe episode that you'll hear around the same time that this episode comes out. Would it be hilarious if Warner Herzog worked for Cobra? And it just so happens we have somebody <laughs> who works for the show that knows Warner Herzog. Uh, they're good friends. This is like great, great, great uncle. That's Josh. So <laughs> Mike reached out to him. He's like, hey, I know you're moving. Can you do me a favor? You know, there's like, remember that time that I, I sucked that poison out of that snake bite for you? And he was like, all right, fine. Um <laughs> So he actually, we got Warner Herzog to call in and uh, let us know what it's like working for Cobra, because apparently Cobra's real and Warner Herzog actually worked for him. We like joked it into reality. Um, So sit back, relax, enjoy the Warner Herzog joke, and we'll be right back. Yes, I see you admiring a weather dominator. It's a sophisticated piece of machinery that was developed in the Himalayas by the most intelligent of the Cobra La forces. They have so many wonderful things in Cobra La that can change the way you think, both figuratively and literally, thanks to the spores of our wonderful leader. Remember, Cobra, la 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 la. They'll never steer you wrong. They'll keep you in high spirits. Oh, and you can murder to your heart's delight. Cobra la 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 la. Hail Globulus. You guys ready for the news? Sure. All over the place. I got comic book news, if you can believe it or not. Ooh, I'll nice. open with it. So, kind of important to me, although I didn't like the comics that much, Marvel no longer has the rights to do Conan. Oh, yeah, I read that. Uh... The firm that owns Conan is like a Swiss or Norwegian gaming company, and they let Marvel lease it, and they decided they don't want Marvel to use it anymore because they want to do something with it. Um, Marvel, they're letting Marvel print back issues in collections, like trade paperbacks and things like that. Um, But as of a date in the near future, the license is expiring. So you won't have like Conan and Dark Avengers and they're like King Conan books, things like that. Uh, Those are going away. But that also leads into toys. This is why there wasn't any kind of Hasbro Conan toys, because they'd have to pay that estate an extra fee on top of paying Marvel uh, because there's two people that owned it. So sort of unfortunate, but you can still get Conan toys from like Mezco, Super 7, things like that. Uh, speaking of comic books again, Todd McFarlane is doing something called Page Punchers, which is he's going to give you a choice issue of your favorite DC comic, and it's going to feature a tiny crappy action figure to go yeah. with that comic. So, for example, you get like a horribly painted Superman that comes with like, I think it's one of the newer issues of Superman. I'm going to try to find the news right now. Uh, unless it's gotten taken down by McFarland, which happens because his product looks horrible. Uh, I am not going to put too much time into this because I'm wasting time on the podcast. Yeah, so you get Flash, Batman, Superman, and Black Adam. And they are like two inches tall, I think. 
They're just moving the shoulders and the legs. That's it. And they look uh, awful. Yeah, they're horribly painted. Superman doesn't even have painted boots. He's just yeah. got some straight up blue legs. He looks like a like a dollar store Mexican bootleg. And honestly, if the price was, uh, you know, like four ninety nine or something, I could give it a pass. But for eleven ninety nine, it's like, yeah, no, that's, this is awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like it. And with the size of the packaging that McFarlane toys usually have has. Yeah. In lieu of a build a figure part that nobody cares about. Why don't you throw a comic book in? Yeah. You know, just saying he's got such a close relationship with DC now. If you're going to give us Batman as inspired from Batman Hush, give us an issue of Hush packed in with the figure, maybe? Totally I don't know. Agree. I know I'm I'm going to date myself here, but remember when we actually got an action figure, a diorama piece, and a, a comic book for $8? <laughs> don't remind me. Oh, God. <laughs> Back you know, I that. never cared about the comics, though. Oh, I was always happy to get the comics because a lot of times it were they were comic books that I either hadn't read or I didn't own. And like, yeah, it was a Toy Biz reprint, but it's like, hey, it's still cool to have this issue. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that was like one of the big draws for me with Spider-Man classics and the early Marvel Legends was like, not only am I getting this fun articulated figure, but I'm getting this cool stand or like a base display and a friggin' comic book. So like. I had the the Spider-Man classics. I loved how they all hung on the wall. It was like a, a piece of wall or like in the yep. case of Daredevil, like a window, like a stained glass window. And you could like hang it up on the wall, put your figure on the stand. And then boom, it was like a weird decoration plus an action figure and a comic. Those like, were oh, awesome. So you know who did that right was the first wave of McFarlane spawn figures. Yes. Because they That's were good. like specific to the character, the comic that you got. Yep. So it was all basically retelling the same quick spawn origin story, but it was like, this is very like medieval spawn heavy. This is tremor heavy, you know, violet or whatever. And it was a yeah. quick, like eight pages, but you got the gist of, you know, who you were getting. And I always thought that was pretty cool as I've rebought some spawn figures and opened up the comics. Um, you know, they look better than the toys actually hold up. So it's kind of cool, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, there's a company out called Formo Toys that was going to do a Kickstarter of very similar to He-Man figures called like the Origin or Power Lords, I think is what they were going to call it. Something like that, yeah. They got a cease and desist from Mattel saying that like basically your stuff is a little too close to our stuff. You better stop. So they went back to the drawing board. Now it's called The Legend of Dragon Ore, and the characters aren't as He-Man heavy as they used to be. Basically, they're all the same characters, but they've got more armor and doodads and stuff on them to kind of make them less just buck bar barbarian body with a very He-Man-esque head. Yeah. Uh, so they had a character that was straight up Vicor um, with their spin on it. Now he's got like robot armor and stuff. He looks a lot different. It's going to be a Kickstarter at some point in the future with a Build-A-Figure gimmick. I don't mm -hmm. see the point of a Build-A-Figure gimmick if it's a Kickstarter and you got to get them all anyways. But, you know, good for them for trying. Hopefully it's not they need to get like $500,000 to get the line off the ground. Um, Super 7 showed off Wave 6 of their Thundercats Ultimates. This wave is all cartoon-themed, so it's not cartoon. LJ and toy-themed, so it's 
Lino from the LGN toy, Chitara <laughs> from the LGN toy, Mumra from the LGN toy, and Monkeyan, which I don't think he's had a figure yet in the Ultimates line. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't care about Thundercats enough to get into it. They Agreed. showed off a figure for the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show that's coming out later this year. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Wandering Jedi. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's got a cloak that comes off, and he's got a lightsaber. What you more know? do you need? Yeah, for the low, low price of however much they're going to overcharge you for. <laughs> I think it's like 26 bucks. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. A figure that I'm might gonna i might gonna get english first language uh <laughs> super seven is doing an ultimate cesar face uh so cesar face is a rap group that features the likes of like inspected deck from wu-tang clan and some other guys and their logo character is this like dr doom inspired killer robot that has a very popular action figure that comes out through super seven um when they do their reaction figures so they're making an ultimate figure as well and he looks really cool there's an ultimate glow-in-the-dark foot soldier that i pre-ordered because i didn't get the foot soldier the first time around and i like glow-in-the-dark toys mm-hmm. um i thought if they were ever going to re-release it they would do that metallic foot soldier that's what i was expecting that came out back in the day but i'll take glow-in-the-dark you know I, mean? I will say I would, this the, the figure itself is is damn nice because i have the original release it's a really nice release so glow in the dark or not it's cool yeah it's one of those things that's like i got the money to get it and there's always something else that i want more uh this is monster may from neca so they're kind of showing off box pictures of stuff that we've already seen uh today they just showed off package picture of the toonie terrors kessler wolf with Mm -hmm. meatloaf jack um they have they live toonie terrors are coming out they have showed off neca Monster Bride of Frankenstein inspired April O'Neil, which we've talked about already, but they're going to be doing a premium signature edition as well. So for $100, you get like an autographed trading card that's packed in. Um, I think that gimmick has already worn itself out, but people seem to be buying them. So I guess it's working. Uh, Premium DNA has the Earthworm Gym license. They have showed off Professor Monkey Butt for a head. Or monkey for a head, and <laughs> Jim Bob and the killer goldfish, which is like a killer cat and an angry goldfish, and uh, pretty cool. They have it's abundantly clear of the other two are Psycho and Earthworm Jim. I think they just showed off Psycho because I was just looking at him on. Oh God, was a toy arc? I can't remember where it was. Shoot, I was just looking at him too. Uh, oh no, it's it's on uh, it's on Toy, Toy News International. Um, it okay. looks pretty nice. Yeah. It's it's a nice looking Psycho figure. I don't know that I'm gonna spend the money, but I wouldn't mind having a new Psycho and Earthworm Jim. Yeah, you know, I I think I would probably look and see what's cheaper: the old Playmates figures, yeah, or, those were nice. uh, these new ones. I'm guessing the Playmates are a little cheaper, and I don't feel like waiting two years to get these. Yeah. Um lost my place in my notes the gi joe movie the cartoon that we grew up with as kids is coming back to theaters june 23rd and june 25th um if you guys remember when we were kids the animated (laughs) gi joe movie never got a theatrical release it went right to video because the transformers movie did so poorly Mm -hmm. um 
So if you're a fan, if you want to see Sergeant Slaughter beat up Nemesis Enforcer and thank him for killing his favorite G.I. Joes like Bazooka and Duke. That's always my favorite part of the movies when he beats the crap out of them. Um, (laughs) That's coming back to theaters. What's your opinion on that, guys? I mean, I would love it if Caleb would want to go see it in the theater, but I can't get him to sit and watch a movie to save my life. Um, So... I probably will skip that one since I just watched it uh, for Raised by Rentals. <laughs> so I don't feel I need to watch it again anytime soon. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I need to watch it again. I'm not sure. I question it, you know, and and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into it like later on. But I question like who wants that? You know, what, what right. kind of what's the audience that they're going for? Is it literally just guys of our age that they're, you know, expecting will you know, run to the theater for the nostalgic factor? Because that doesn't really seem honestly like it's worth the investment because there's a bunch of us out here. But I mean, two of us on this show are just like, meh, maybe not. I've seen it, you know, <laughs> so right. I don't really I don't really understand what the demographic is they're going for because I don't know that kids give a shit at these days. Well. I know they've re-released Transformers the movie several times, and it's done good business. A lot of these theaters have digital projection now, where there is no film print; they just download it. Yeah, from the company's you know like server, so like Regal or AMC. And I'm guessing they don't have anything to play anyways. You might as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? People aren't running in droves to go see. Take your pick of like. Top Gun 2, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Honestly, right. I feel like that's one of the ways theaters are going to survive is to show older movies that people didn't get to see in the theater um, and give people a chance to see it on the big screen. Because I know that, like, for me, uh, not only the camaraderie of Thursday Night Terrors, but being able to see these movies that I grew up watching on VHS, actually seeing them on a big screen is the huge draw for me. Like, the whole reason I went in the first place was because it was like, holy crap, I get to see my favorite movie, Return of the Living Dead, on the big screen with a crowd. Like, I must see this. And the experience was so much fun that I just kept going back. Even for movies that I had zero interest in seeing, like Doom Asylum. <laughs> like, I had no interest <laughs> in ever watching that, nor do I have an interest in ever seeing it again. But I still went to go see it in the theater. So I think that's part of the draw is just like, oh, shit, yeah. see it on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll jump in to say I think you're totally right, and you know I'm just kind of shitting on the movie, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's the whole appeal of the Alamo Draft House too, which obviously is huge, you know, here in Austin, and it's you know growing across the country. But it's not just that they show old movies. Like right now, I'm on the website, and there's showings for the Iron Giant and the Back to the Future trilogy, you know, and, and along with new movies like the the new Top Gun and Doctor Strange and uh, you know, etc. But the interesting the, what's fun about that is if you're just bored and hey let's go see a movie like we've got nothing, nothing better to do you can go to the movie theater see what's playing and sure you can watch the new one or you can be like oh shit like they're playing the back to the future trilogy this weekend like i don't plan on going to see back to the future in the theater but if i'm out on a date night and i got nothing better to do here's 10 bucks right totally agree younger me you know before i, I got married and had a lovely child would be all over that now my free time is a little bit harder yeah <laughs> you know so it's like i would love to go to thursday night terrors every single time they have it but i can't it just it doesn't make sense um yeah. well, it's so yeah, way the, too difficult for me well yeah plus i mean that's a that's a hell of a drive for you that's like what an hour and a half drive 
Yeah, so, but that's something that like before I became a parent, I did stuff like that constantly. Oh yeah. Where I but was, I mean, you know, I would like sleep in my car because I wanted <laughs> to see these movies in the theater so bad. Well, and see that the, the whole like limited time. Um, that's the whole reason that I haven't jumped all over that Monday movie mayhem that they're doing now because it's like all the movies they're showing for that are movies I want to see in a theater too, like Demolition Man and The Warriors, and they had freaking Under Siege. I'm like, ah, I would have loved to go see that. <laughs> like, you know, these corny action movies that I, I absolutely love, and I would love to see it with a crowd, but it's that whole thing of like, can I do the two of these a month? Honestly, no, I, I don't have the I don't have the free time. Yeah. So with with Thursday Night Terrors, it's like, OK, they announced the schedule and I go to work and I'm like, OK, I need these Thursdays off for the next six months. And then I just buy my tickets and then it's like, OK, I know I have that block set, but there's no way I'd be able to be like, all right, I need these Mondays and these Thursdays off for the next six months. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's just nice to have the opportunity, though, just to have it there. And, I, you know, and Mike, you know, you and I, uh, we remember what it was like, man, when our, our kids were younger. When my kids were younger, I thought I was never going to leave the house ever yep. again. <laughs> like, I, I just thought that, you know, my, you know, my uh, social life and my pastimes and my hobbies just can't, it's all canceled, you know. And I love my kids, you know, <laughs> like it was a, you know, it was a, a trade off I went into knowing full well, like what I was getting myself into. Um, but at the same time, like now, you know, I am really excited the fact that, OK, now my kids are a little bit older. So, hey, you know what? Yeah, I can head down to the comic book shop on a, on a regular basis and actually have a pull bin for once instead of just going like whenever I could sneak out, you know. Right. And yeah, sure. Like, why not? Like, well, we'll let's let's start a podcast. Like, yeah, I, I can probably commit to a schedule. And, you know, it's a lot easier now that my kids are a little bit older because, you know, they're more independent. But, uh, yeah, there was definitely that period when I was just like, man. Just watching the world go by. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what you guys are saying, it gets better. Uh, it gets yeah. better. <laughs> oh my god. Well, and it's it's funny because uh, not to not to keep derailing us too much, but th- there was a period of time like in the early <laughs> the the early two thousand tens. You know, it was like right after Caleb was born, probably up until about twenty fifteen, where there's like a whole plethora of like video games and movies and comic books and toys that just like blew past me you know yeah, like there, yep. there's stuff that like and because I, I remember like everybody freaking talks about skyrim like as far as video games go i got skyrim for christmas now caleb was was supposed to be born two weeks after christmas he came early and so it's like jess had bought me skyrim like that was my big christmas present and i can't play that with a newborn you know so it was like I would try to sneak it in when he was napping. I'd be like, all right, let me let me make my character. Then he'd wake up and I'm like, all right, turn off the game, you know. And then just after he'd take another nap, it's like, all right, get my first quest. And he's awake. Okay. So I just never played the damn thing. Like, yeah. I literally <laughs> never got out of the opening. Um, you know, yep. so, oh, it's God, funny yeah. you mentioned that. I, I think I mentioned in passing when we did the G.I. Joe Raised by Rentals that I've been getting ready for a garage sale. Mm-hmm. And and just pulling stuff that I know I'm not gonna watch, you know, like I don't need rate, you know, uh, meet the fuckers on DVD, right? <laughs> it can go. And I'm looking at my video games, and I have Skyrim, which again, it's like <laughs> everybody says this is great. I got to get this in The Witcher. I have played literally maybe 25 minutes on both games because yep. I just do not have the time to yep. put into it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
As for, as for me, I, I don't really play a whole lot of games, but yeah, for me, it was always about the movies, you know, and TV shows. I used to fancy myself, you know, a bit of a movie guy, you know, not at, at Mike at your level, but you know, I we we used to talk in movie quotes, like whole conversations, oh, God, you know, without yeah. <laughs> without like breaking character, you know. But hell, when we started Raised by Rentals, one of the reason one of the reasons why we settled on the format of the VHS era, part of it is because it sounds cool and it makes sense for like the nostalgic bent to the show, but also because because I was like, okay, let's focus on like movie TV properties. But at a certain point, I just have a giant gap in my knowledge because my daughter was born in 2007. <laughs> and when she was a baby, I would, I would rent movies and I would watch them with the sound off and just the captions on, which I got hooked on cap- captions forever. And so I was able to keep Same. up for a little while, at least on home video. But then eventually that like that that just didn't that petered off yeah so for me it was around like 2007 2008 and then for the next like decade of just being so spotty with being able to keep up with any kind of pop culture comics movies anything you know i stopped you know reading comics on a monthly basis i mean i didn't go to free comic book day for like six years in a row just because i knew that i wasn't going to go spend any money as what the fuck was the point Right. And again, you know, we're just I'm just, you know, we're just venting in hindsight now. But yeah, like I wanted to limit our show because I'm like, oh, dude, please do not bring up some movie from like 2009 because I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, that's why I just watched those G.I. Joe movies. You know, I have to half the shit that we talk about. If there's like a modern remake. 100% 100% of the time I haven't seen the modern version until like right before we did it, we did this show because I had to like to go and do my homework. <laughs> yep. I haven't. Oh, it's tough. This is my first year like properly doing free comic book day because I couldn't take my daughter to the comic book store because it cost too much. Because mm-hmm. it would just be like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I'm going to touch this, which means I had to mm-hmm. buy it. You know, it's like, uh, okay, maybe we'll skip this one. Um, yeah, the same thing with movies. It's like, when am I going to have free time to watch an adult film where my daughter will be, you know, quiet so I can watch it? Or, like, I have to wait until she's in bed because there's maybe nudity. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. And then by the time my daughter's asleep, I'm exhausted. So, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sit there and watch the Purge films, yeah, which I haven't watched yet because it's just like I don't have the mental energy to sit there and watch it. Because being a parent sucks a lot. Yep. But <laughs> oh yeah, I think I'm like seeing the there. light at the end of the tunnel, where she's gonna like be in her own stuff, and I can just be like, go in the other room. I need to watch Green Inferno, whatever. <laughs> um, it it does it does ease up because like now uh, like I was off for for a couple days last week and. I didn't have anything to do because we, you know, got all the podcasting done, out, like all out of the way. And I did the the editing like immediately following recording. So it was like on my day off, I'm like, oh, wow, I actually don't have anything to do. And I binge watched uh, all of our flag means death. Now, I had can't tell you the last time I actually sat down and without a purpose of like for a recording, forced myself to watch an entire series that I've been looking forward to. Uh, the last time I did that was for the CGI He-Man, and that was for for this show. Like, where I was like, oh, shit, we're going to talk about it. I better watch it. You know, <laughs> so it was like, but I was like, wow, I can, like, Caleb's distracted. He's playing a video game. Like, I can I can watch TV. Like, holy crap. All right, put, put this on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, we're, I'm finally getting to that point. <laughs> I did yeah. that this weekend with the new Star Trek. Um, nice. Strange New Worlds, but there's only two episodes. So mm. it, I, I'm not going to, like, brag. 
that I, I binge watched the <laughs> show yet. Um, all right, let's get back into the news. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken has been chosen to play the Emperor in Dune. Tune in in a few weeks where Josh does his awesome impersonation of Christopher Walken in Dune. Um, nice. Monster High has come back to retail. Mattel has brought back the first assortment of Monster High as an exclusive to Walmart, and they're selling like hotcakes. Uh, which would lead me to believe that either Mattel will keep re-releasing old stuff and, you know, what's old is new again, like nostalgia, or Monster High will be back. Um, Monster High never stopped being popular. I think it was just like they only have so much space. You got to let it cool off and bring it back for another generation. Uh, there's images of the new Mesquitara figure that is coming out in an assortment. These Masters of the Universe guys seem to have like, here's two guys you've seen already, one new figure. Um, so she's coming at some point. I think she's in the case assortment with Stratos. And I would also bet money that she'll be out right around the same time that season three or 2.5 comes out of the animated Masters Universe on Netflix. God, I hope they don't cancel it. There's images of new Mega Constructs Masters Universe figures that are coming with something. Uh, oh, excuse me, I burped. Um, <laughs> of note, there's Web Store. Thunder Punch He-Man and Dragon Blaster Skeletor, and then repaints of figures you've already seen before, and Zor. That is just like some sort of generic eagle body that they painted purple. Yeah. And as an exclusive to Hasbro Pulse and Amazon and a few other retailers, Hasbro has put out the Transformers Wreckers, which has two previously unreleased dinosaur uh, fossilizer molds. In a Mastodon and whatever the uh, Spinosaurus. Repaints of characters you've already seen before. In particular, a Diaclone version of Twin Twist. A character that was previously really, really hard to find. Um, So if you want him, you can get him on Amazon. If you don't want to pay the ridiculous Hasbro Pulse fees, which is what I did. Thank you, Josh. Same. Um, Pikmin, because you gave me the Amazon link and I got it no problem. And I had some Amazon points. So, Strasburg, because you're a guest on the show, I am going to play a game that involves you, where me and Mike have to guess your opinion on some superheroes. Let me give you an example of how this game works. (laughs) I am going to give you two superheroes from two rival comic book companies that are practically the same. We have to guess which one you like more. So here's the tester. Do you like Deadpool? Or Deathstroke more? Me and Mike okay. have to guess. All right. Do you want the answer, or are you guys going to guess first? Mike, I'm um, going to say it's Deadpool. Yeah, I'm going to go with Deadpool. I don't know many people that would pick Deathstroke over Deadpool. Well, I guess I'll have to say... Obviously Deadpool. Come on, come on, obviously. <laughs> okay. So, this is the gist of the game. This is not going to go remotely as long as the dawn game went because (laughs) for one there's not a smorgasbord of superheroes that do this but two i don't want to do that um but also this is the point in the show where i give don derazio an inexplicable shout out don (laughs) derazio whatever you're doing i hope you're having fun enjoy that slurpee and that doordash for the vibrator you're doing right now thumbs up all right (laughs) mike you ready oh i'm ready which one does Strasburg prefer, Ant-Man or the Atom? I'm going to go the Atom. I don't know if I'm right on this, but I'm, I'm going to guess the Atom. 
I'm going to guess the Adam 2 because of his appearance in the Frank Miller Dark Knight comics. That's mm. or maybe Justice love, League. I do love Adam's appearance in Frank Miller's batshit comics because at this point they're all they're all batshit. They always were batshit. It wasn't just <laughs> All-Star Batman and Robin. That was just when people realized that they've always been batshit. Uh, <laughs> right? But but there was a time in my life when I would have said fuck Ant-Man forever because well, holy shit, what a stupid character. But I really like the MCU version of the of Ant-Man, which I know yeah. is not a comic character. So does it count? Yeah, it counts. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess my real answer is the MCU version of, of Ant-Man is, is my answer because I don't really give a shit about either of the comic book versions. If I had to pick one, I'd pick the Eric O'Grady version that Robert Kirkman invented. Who's like kind of a villain. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We'll go, we'll go, Ant Man. Which oh, I, shit. I'm assuming they're going to have to segue because Paul Rudd, well, he's a vampire. We all know this, but at some point he's going to be like, "All right, I'm going to be more like a Michael Douglas. You got to get a new Ant Man in here." Yeah. Um, all right. So me and Mike were both wrong. <laughs> Damn. Let's continue. <laughs> bad start. Bad start. Reed well, Richards. You got, you, you got the Deadpool one. So yeah, Reed Richards or Plastic Man. I'm going Reed Richards. I'm going to go Plastic Man. Let's make it interesting. It's got to be Plastic Man because he's goofy ah! as fuck. <laughs> Damn. See, I was I was banking on your love of early 90s comics, and I was like, oh, there were so many Fantastic Four comics back then. There were. Actually, yeah. yeah. And what's, what's funny is I actually like all of the like alternate universe versions of Reed Richards way, way better than like the standard, you know, six, one, six Marvel Reed Richards. <laughs> I love him in the unstable molecules. I love him in death's head Two. I love him in the, the yep. ultimate version, you know, the fucking zombie verse version, but oh. I like, but I love, I love plastic man because those are my favorite, like I think types of superheroes because he's like, it's, he's just having fun. You know, and yeah, he's, there's the old like old school Jack Cole versions, but then Kyle Baker, you know, rebooted it in the early 2000s and just like fucking knocked it out of the park. And it's such a it's literally like a cartoon. I love Zombieverse Reed Richards in that Dr. Doom has the ultimate fuck you where he saves the day. <laughs> so Reed Richards can't. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, da, 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 da. All right. This one, I think, is pretty easy, but yeah, I never know. Quicksilver. Or the Flash. I'm mm, gonna go the Flash. I'm gonna go Quicksilver because why not? But I feel like maybe he's just sick of the Flash. But the Flash, I mean, like Quicksilver doesn't have the comic history or the rogue. He has no rogues gallery, as far as I know. Uh, what's your answer, Josh? <laughs> Uh, Marvel shot themselves in the foot with Quicksilver every single time. They had him get involved with the Avengers and with the Inhumans and the comics, and they, they killed him in the movie, you know, at least in the Avengers one. So I, I don't think they've ever done anything cool with the character, even though he has the far superior code name. Quicksilver is a badass like name for a character. So just, just based on that, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Wally West Flash and not Barry Allen or any of the other uh, fakers. Only Wally West. The real nice. answer is the real answer is Impulse from the '90s by uh, Mark Wade and <laughs> Umberto Ramos. That's the real answer, but we'll go with Wally West. I'm going to go with Fox Quicksilver over uh, current DC movie version Flash. I feel like they got 
the effect right and the character correct. Yeah, that is still one of the best moments in a in a superhero movie, in my in my opinion. In the X Men Apocalypse, when he saves all the students in the X Mansion, it's just so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for like, sure. I love that scene. If it was just that scene, then yeah, I would have picked Quicksilver. But that scene isn't enough to make up for like decades of mishandling the character and some, <laughs> right. some of the some of the dumbest Avengers stories ever. All right, here we go. Man Thing or Swamp Thing? Oh, it's Swamp Thing. It's it better be Swamp Thing. I know Maurice <laughs> listens to the show. We love you, Maurice, but Swamp Thing. <laughs> but Bernie Wrightson, my favorite comic artist of all time. Yeah. The Alan yeah. Moore on Swamp Thing is oh, yeah. five star, whatever you want to. Yeah. But oh, yeah. don't let my opinion sway you. No, no, it's the only obvious opinion is, of course, it's Swamp Thing, obviously. Okay. Yeah, even though I do love uh, a good giant-sized man thing from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> but Swamp Thing even had the superior movies. So, yeah, it's got it's Swamp Thing all day long. Yeah. You know, side note, I fe- I'm, I'm so sad that we're starting to age out of the people who understand that joke. Because... The amount of times I've done like man thing jokes where he's talking about size queens or I'm sick of size being the only thing that matters. Like yeah. so many people have been like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, his name's man thing. OK. It, it, uh, it's a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's uh, like, you know, it's Marvel giant size comic. Oh, yeah, the giant size man thing. It, I mean, even look, look at his face. His face is like three dicks just hanging. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like oh man yeah what a weird character um it's one of those designs i've never gotten that like shit dangling off my face look that's not lovecraft inspired mm-hmm. sometimes i wonder like did the artist just keep scribbling until he got something and he's like ah, i'm gonna flesh this out and then it just stuck probably yeah know. yeah probably i mean i'm pretty sure man thing came before swamp thing too but yeah they're, they're they're both basically just attempts to take like Kirby era, like 1940s monster comics and like bring them into like what was modern at the time. And that's all they are. Just like bringing back Groot for Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, Groot was a fucking tree monster from a one-off comic from the 40s that no one gave a shit about. They actually brought him back first for the the Marvel monsters, uh, like crossover special in the early 2000s. And like Eric Powell drew those like monster attack books, you know, and then they put him in Guardians of the Galaxy and he like blew up. But that's all he was. It was like, just, just, let's just make a monster. And so they were just going back and looking at these old dashed off characters that were in, just invented on the page for some random book. Much yep. like the heap. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. The last one, the obvious one, the only other one that I haven't mentioned, Hawkeye or Green Arrow? I'm going to go Green Arrow. Hmm. I am going to go Hawkeye for the new comics. That's... I didn't think of that. Uh, mm. there's like three correct, like the three collected trades that introduce um, Kate Bishop, Pizza Dog, mm-hmm. the the writer and the artist name slips my mind suddenly, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a big, maybe Josh is a big fan of like the Green Arrow, Green Lantern team ups of the 80s. I don't know. Professor Stra- Dr. Strausberg. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to Google it, too, because I, I remember that the writer of the new book was uh, Matt Fraction. And I'm like, Damn, yeah, what's, Fraction. The, what's, the, what's the artist name? It's uh, David Aha, who also worked with Fraction on that Immortal Iron Fist. Um, 
And see, I fucking hated Iron Fist forever until uh, Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker brought him back with David Aha in the Immortal Iron Fist comic, which was so fucking cool. Uh, I don't think there ever would have been a TV show if it wasn't for that. So, yeah, they definitely get huge points for the most recent Hawkeye uh, series. But in terms of, like, historical importance, Hawkeye has always been a fucking whiner. Um, some of my some of my first comics that I ever read were Avengers West Coast, and he could just fuck right the hell off. So uh, <laughs> I will go with Green Arrow. I think Kevin Smith nailed Green Arrow, and yes. then a lot of writers after that like kept it up. Uh, uh, what's that oh, fucking dude? Uh, I'll have to think. I'll have to, I'll have to think of his name here in a second. But there was uh, Judd Winnick's college roommate <laughs> who yep. wrote the Identity uh, Identity Crisis. What the hell was that guy's name? Oh, Brad Meltzer, the the the, the author. Yeah, Brad mm-hmm. Meltzer wrote some really good uh, Green Arrow comics back in the day, too. So I'm going to go with Green Arrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was pretty exciting. I think you won this one, Mike. Yay! <laughs> good job. <laughs> hey, I'm going to throw out one more. Throw out one more. Sure. Just, I'm going to take it over. So I, I kept waiting for what I thought was the most obvious one, which is, do I like better Green Lantern or Nova, the human rocket? Green Lantern. Lantern. They're basically I, I, the same thing. I know this one, Nova. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Mike's got the leg up because it's it's Nova all day long because he was on the New Warriors and so he will always be better than everybody because the New Warriors <laughs> will always be better than everybody. I was like that that one I definitely had the inside scoop on. <laughs> but like he doesn't have the same power ring. It's more like the Nova Core. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a complete copy. His entire origin story, everything is just an absolute carbon copy. Like they weren't even apologizing for it. But yeah. I will I will argue that it's a much cooler character. It's a cooler design. They basically were they, instead of just making like a middle aged kind of boring you know military guy into a superhero, they were like, well, what if Peter Parker became Green Lantern? And that's what Nova is. And that's why I like it so much because he was like a young you know a brash dude who got these like crazy powers, went off into space, fought in a war, died. Died, came back to life with no powers, you know, got all surly and pissed off, joined the New Warriors. You know, he was totally a hero for the 90s and he's still cool. The Richard Ryder version. The new version's pretty cool too. He's okay. But it'll always be Richard Ryder for me. I'm more I of a Night Thrasher guy myself. But I fuck do yeah. have to comment though. His name is Richard Ryder. It's, <laughs> it's Dick hey, Ryder. It's, hey, it's Rich. It's Rich, okay? He goes by Rich, never that other one. <laughs> I, I mean that's that's to me that's as funny as peter parker like where are you parking that peter you know i mean there's there's just some names that i i know marvel loves their alliteration but <laughs> you know you know I'll, okay so yeah i'll make a comment on that too because i'm just waiting for social media to destroy marvel to absolutely destroy marvel over their new transgender character that they just recently uh, introduced called escapade because they're making a really big deal about it. There's been like ton of tons of uh, you know press releases and it's going around on the news the last couple of days. And I thought that's cool, right? Trans character escapade. It's kind of a cool name. It's kind of a cool design. And then today I read a, a, a little more in-depth article about it, and it turns out that the name of the character, her uh, like human name, is Sheila Sexton. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, do you guys even hear yourselves? Oh like, God. it's a transgender character. You literally put the word sex in the name. And then the first name is Sheila. Like, haven't you ever heard that, you know, uh, that slang term? Like, that's a woman. Like, you just named this person woman sex person. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, oh my God. that's your transgender character, Sheila Sexton? Jesus Christ. That was just... <laughs> 
Oh, sorry, I got all I got all mad. There was, there was just like they they recently introduced some other character, wow. uh, and, and the name of it is, is escaping me now. But they they ended up having to change her like her like uh, you know real human name too because it was it was a character from uh, uh, an Islamic uh, character who's nationality i can't now can't now remember but they ended up changing her name because they just picked some random th- name that thought sounded cool and didn't realize that it translated into like horror or something you know and i was oh, like geez. yeah i was like <laughs> fuck guys do a little bit of research right <laughs> oh no well i mean like lucy labia was already taken so <laughs> right <sighs> Sheila oh. Sexton. Oh, you fucking kid. Oh, Jesus Christ. See, now, these, these morons. Lucy, Lucy Labia sounds like a villain for the old Captain Fats comics when we were talking <laughs> about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, up, right up there with, uh, with uh, what's his Heavy name? Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. And Fist Fuck. <laughs> fist Fuck, yeah. <laughs> I remember that guy. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, the early 2000s was, uh, was a strange time. <laughs> okay, guys. It's time for the G.I. Joe portion of the episode Woo-hoo. where we sit back and just reminisce about our love of G.I. Joe's on another podcast. So we've already done it once. We're going to do it again in either like in greater depth where we talk about the toy line we grew up with kind of shaped our imaginations along with like comic books and, uh, you know, things like being juvenile delinquents uh, heavy drug use, all the other stuff that we did growing <laughs> up that kind of made us the functional adults we are now. We have jobs and families despite everything, at least for me. Um, first question I want to bring up. I had a handful of like go-to G.I. Joes when I was having my my playtime that were like my guys, my action guys were the ones like the Bruce Willis, the John claude Van Damme. They got all the fun. Like, mm-hmm. everything centered around them when I was playing. Um, it wasn't Snake Eyes because, I mean, he was cool, but I couldn't have other characters relate to him as much as, like, Grunt or Roadblock or Tunnel Rat. You know, guys with faces. Right. Um, so who were your, like, go-to action G.I. Joes? Guys that got the fun. Did you have well, one? I I had a rotating uh, selection. Um, my my main one has has and always will be Night Viper. He is he is my my top top of the heap favorite GI Joe ever made. Um, but I, I had a I had a soft spot for all the Vipers, like the weird Vipers. Yeah. So like Frag Viper, Heat Viper, Night Viper, Rock Viper, all of those guys got a lot of heavy play. Um, Rock Viper, even in spite of his weird little mustachioed face, he had a cool, uh, costume and he had awesome accessories. So he got a lot of play. You know, I never um, understood about that. Was the that? concept of the Vipers to me was like, you can buy a bunch of these and you can have like an army. Yeah. You're telling me all the Rock Vipers all have mustaches. That was, that was part of their uniform. You must grow a mustache. Yeah. It was always weird. Like, this is a very specific <laughs> Rock Viper. Like this is, this is Steve. Yeah. You know, Steve, like, the Rock Viper. Then, like, why didn't he have a specific name, like Steve Viper? Right. I don't know. But, yeah. But, yeah, all of those guys got a lot of play. Um, the For some reason, Snake Eyes version 4, the the blue one with the red visor, he got a ton of play. Um, same thing with Snow Serpent version 2, the, the one with the snowboard. He looked... I used him as a superhero, so I had, like, my own G.I. Joe superhero team. Mm-hmm. 
And Snow Viper was a guy who had like a negative man gimmick where I had like his bandages were keeping inside this like radioactive ghost. Oh, nice. So I would imagine the radioactive ghost because I didn't have a green flaming skeleton to come out of him. <laughs> um, and the same thing with that snake eyes, but that was also like I was playing the heaviest mm-hmm. around snake eyes three and snake eyes four. You See know now, what I mean? My my human characters, like my guys that just like no mask, um, but like, you know, got a lot of play. I loved Rampart for whatever reason. Um, I don't know what it was about that figure, but right of I, might Rampart. No, no, that's Salvo. Okay, Ra- Rampart sorry. was the guy who had the the hip gun. It would like it was almost like the animal oh, yeah. gun. Yeah. Um, I freaking loved that figure. Then Stretcher, the second medic, uh, or no, I'm sorry, third medic because I forgot about Lifeline. So the third medic on the Joes, he had the weird little hover skiff. Um, yep. Yep. Loved that guy. Then um, Hit and Run, of course. Who didn't love Hit and Run? Hit and Run was the best. He was such a good figure. And Outback. I played a hell of a lot with Outback. Like, he he was out in my backyard. <laughs> like, I loved Outback. <laughs> Outback was that, like, he didn't follow the G.I. Joe rules, lived in the Outback. He was a ginger that lived in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was always there to kick ass and take names. Did I ever tell you my, my hit and run story where I was playing G.I. Joe's with my friends? I don't think so. So I used to do these things with this. I had a couple friends that were into G.I. Joe's as much as I would was. And we would get all our G.I. Joe's out and we'd have a big battle where we'd use our imaginations. Like, oh, I killed your 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 Night Viper and you killed my Night Creeper. You know, like we would make the machine gun noises and throw missiles and stuff and we would just go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like right on that cusp of like we have active imaginations, but we're not quite worried about like what girls think about what we're doing yet. Mm-hmm. And somehow my my brother and my friend killed all my G.I. Joes or imprisoned them, but they missed Hit and Run, who was hanging in the bushes because he was <laughs> camouflaged. And then I somehow managed to like free all my Joes, and it was great because Hit and Run was like you couldn't see him. He was like predator camouflaged. So I always had a soft spot for hit and run just because of that. Yeah, he's he's a great figure. Plus, well, plus he came with he was one of the few Joes that came with like a uh, a, a machine gun that he could hold in one hand believably because a lot of the machine guns were really big and you couldn't realistically get them to hold it in two hands. So otherwise it was just kind of facing sideways. Um, but he had that like mini machine gun. Yeah. So it's like it. It, it just fit perfectly. Plus, he had that duffel bag with the grappling hook and that giant ass knife, that crocodile Dundee knife. Josh, what about you? Oh, hey, sorry. Lots of background noise over here. I got screaming kids. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think they're playing with G.I. Joe's, though. <laughs> uh, man, that's a, that's a good question. Like, I'm over here, like, looking at yojo.com. Like, you know, yeah, that's actually a really good question because I feel like there were so many. It's like, Hard to narrow it down, but um, I definitely always yeah gravitated toward the Vipers too. Like the Range Viper was one of my favorite ones. For some reason, I loved the Alley Viper, um, and I would always do some kind of weird, you know, like a mutant uh, super soldier sort of a villain team with those guys. Uh, the Annihilator was one of my favorite designs. Um, but I think in terms of like who were like my like good guys or whatever. Um, I used Raptor as a as a hero character, sort of like a, a Hawkman type of uh, character.
character oh, a lot. Yeah. I really liked Raptor. And for some reason, I don't know why, because the character is dumb, but I really liked Low Light. And the design at the time to me seemed really cool with like his red goggles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely used to use him a lot. And uh, I don't know. I think it's this is the second Storm Shadow, the one with like the gray like uh, polygons all over. His, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like the, the he was a great the, toy because he came with like the Wolverine claws. Yeah. 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 He was sure. really cool. And like, and he had like a cool like compound bow. I think it was, yeah, yeah, yep, that was yep. cool. His red, his red swords were pretty badass. So yeah, he, he was probably my number one. Uh, I think as far as uh, as Joes or you know where I, who I would use as good guys. Uh, and I did a lot of like underwater uh, like pretend play. So for me, it was always Hydra Viper. And but my but my main character uh, was Undertow. Undertow was one of my one of my favorites. Yeah. So. Oh, and shit, I can't forget Firefly. So, yeah, I, that's probably, I think Firefly and Low Light and, like, Storm Shadow versus, like, all the monster-looking vipers. Or I'd be in the bathtub with, like, Undertow and, and uh, Hydra Viper. Yep. Oh, I loved Hydra Viper so much. He looked ridiculous in retrospect, but Deep Six. Oh, with yeah. his big pink helmet. The version 2 one? Version yeah, two yeah. Deep Six. I freaking loved that Deep Six. I uh, thought that thing was great. Version 1 Deep Six had, like, no articulation. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I hated him. I had him, but it was like, he sucks. But then like version two, we had the, the big red helmet and there was like version three that was with the echo fighters. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like wetsuit. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was going to say, I, I loved wetsuit too, but I would take his helmet off and, and swap him out for a different head. Cause I thought his helmet looked stupid, but the costume was yeah. awesome. I that used to drive me nuts that I couldn't have fun with him unless he was underwater. Because why the hell would you keep your scuba mask on 24 right. <laughs> hours a day? Uh, I had the Cobra Bubble. or Is that what it was called? The Well, there was the... Are you thinking of the bug? The bug. The underwater that's, tank. Yes, that's one of my all-time <laughs> favorite vehicles. Uh, and I, I had love that thing. The second underwater vehicle that was like this hammerhead shark. Yep, the hammerhead. Uh, the hammerhead. Decimator, right? Decimator, wasn't he the, the driver for that? Uh, yeah, yep. he, he had a really I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> so so cool because he had this like awesome predator helmet visor thing going on. He had yep. a pop collar. <laughs> it was so cool. Great That's figure. Why I remembered him. That's why I remembered uh, him. Yeah. Yeah. And, man, underwater play. That was the best. But then uh, that was also like high peak underwater action films. You had like Abyss, Leviathan, Deep Star Six. Fuck you. Uh, yeah. That was always on your mind. You could still fit in the bathtub properly. <laughs> you know, you weren't like a grown ass man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like yeah, growing and... up, you had a pool or access to a pool to bring your GI Joes into. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> when I was a kid, when I well, when I was nine, we moved into my great aunt's house. Where uh, after she passed away, uh, and her name was Elvira, and she was 104. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Uh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's not a joke. No, her name is Elvira James. She was 104 years old, and she lived downstairs from my grandfather. And after she passed away, we ended up moving into her apartment, and that's that's when I moved to Niagara Falls. And uh, but, but it was like an old like lady's apartment, and it took us like a long time to like you know kind of put our own stamp on it because it was just fully furnished with all of her stuff in there that her family didn't take away. And uh, uh, my mom's always been you know kind of an old lady when it comes to like taste, so she loved all the old porcelain dolls and and antique furniture, oh, yeah. but. Um, I remember those. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mentioned it because in the bathroom, it was like fitted out with like safety bars and stuff. And there was like this little um, it was kind of like a breakfast in bed, like of a tray thing that you put in the bathtub. Uh, so you could have like a surface. And yeah. uh, 
but I thought it was great. And I, I never got rid of it because to me it was awesome because then I had like a hydro base in the middle of the bathtub. So I could like, you know, have a, have toys or on top of it, or I would bring in some kind of a vehicle or like a base that I could set up. And, and then I had this uh, one uh, Jaws toy that was like totally uh, hollow and I could fit like three Joes in there. And man, we used to just have like, uh, it was like, it was like the, you know, the deep blue sea movie years before that movie came out with like the uh, genetically engineered, like super shark trying to kill everyone. And they had to send in the Joes. Yep. <laughs> I wish I had the shark toys that are out now that you can go to like any Walmart or target and just get like a cheap $10 giant shark. Yeah. That'll eat anything because I just had squeaky rubber sharks and I had to use my imagination. I had a hollow one much like Josh did where it was like, it was, it was kind of a, it wasn't hard, hard plastic, but it was a harder plastic and completely hollow open mouth. And yeah, you could put like a couple three and three fourth inch figures in there. No problem. Uh, that was one of my go-to water monsters, and then I, I've mentioned this before on the show, but a Mana Man from the uh, Kenner Power of the Force figures um, is the guy with the the weird alien standing in Jabba's palace for like one scene, but he had those big long like scoop arms, and I used uh, there was a Fisher Price kayak that I always used with my GI Joes, and his arms were spread out just enough to like grab both sides of it and yank it underwater, so I had him as my water monster. <laughs> Like, I I have a lot mine now, and I'm like, I don't want to put it in the tub. Yeah, because that's like a two hundred dollar figure. <laughs> uh, who was your first GI Joe? Do you remember? I do. Mine what? mine was Duke, um, the original Duke, because my basically what happened to me with a lot of toys is my brother is six years older than me, so he would get into a toy line. And of course, you know, me emulating my older brother, I'd be like, I want to play with his toys, but he didn't want me to break them. So my mom would buy me like some random figure from whatever line he was into. So like when he got into Masters of the Universe, like I didn't have Ram Man. My brother had Ram Man and Merman. And then my mom bought me He-Man and Skeletor. And it was like, oh, these are mine, you know, and I loved those. And then with G.I. Joe, my brother had a bunch of that, uh, the original 13 and I was super into them, but I couldn't play with them. So by that point, Duke had, and, and the second wave had come out. So my mom was just like, oh, random generic soldier guy. Here you go. And I loved him. Like, it was just because he was so posable. I, I, I loved that figure. And then it was like once I kind of realized all the other cooler figures that were out there, I was like, oh, fuck Duke. Give me, you know, give me snake eyes. I want snake eyes. Give me scrap iron. So yeah, yeah Duke sure. was my first. What about you, Josh? I think Duke was my first too, but I can't re- quite remember if it was Duke or Storm Shadow, the original one. Um, I don't have nearly as good of a temporal memory for things as Mike does. So for me, it's like I have to like combine, connect the memory in my head of like, okay, so there was that one kid at kindergarten who would bring toys in on show and tell day, and he had like every fucking Transformer, and everybody was super jealous of him. And like the one time I got to go play at his house, and he had like every fucking Joe. And that might have been when I wanted to get into Joe's or maybe it wasn't kindergarten. I think it was like preschool. But yeah, I think it was because of that. I was like, Mom, I got to get some of these, you know, because I only ever remember playing with He-Man before that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Duke and Storm Shadow. Maybe not at the same time, but close enough. Right. I this will segue into my next topic, but I had a neighbor. So I kind of grew up when I was younger and like a little bit in the country. So you could picture my house and there's a lot of space to the next house. And then a lot of space to the next house where this two houses down, there was a family that adopted a brother and a sister. 
and they didn't have any friends and it wasn't like you could go play with kids in the neighborhood because there was no neighborhood and because of that they bought him a lot of gi joes and he had nobody to play with and i became friends with him he taught me how to gi joe properly because <laughs> i didn't i didn't quite get it like i had an imagination i had my my play patterns but i didn't quite understand like the unbridled chaos of what you could do with gi joe um so i come over to his house and like he'd pick a guy and i'd pick a guy and then we'd have adventures but i had to have my own so at a garage sale somebody was selling gi joes and i could take my pick of like three and i picked up sneak peek who is one of the worst gi joes of all time <laughs> uh if you can picture yeah. him he's a chubby guy with like a bike helmet and he's gray and red and his gimmick is he comes with a giant periscope yep that um, he would carry around on his shoulder yeah. he's so stupid and i don't know why i picked him out i was like yeah i like the periscope maybe but then immediately like two days later i had to go to ames and get a real gi joe and then i got tunnel rat yeah nice. and then pretty much That's it was like one. every other week or if i was i found them at garage sales i was just hoarding them and that yep. went on it hasn't stopped <laughs> um granted in my life if i run across somebody a kid who is into gi joes and this has happened twice i have no problem giving up my toys if there's a kid who's going to play with them enjoy them oh so yeah. My godson got into G.I. Joe's. Uh, he found a few at a garage sale. And my friend, his father called me. And he was like, hey, uh, Henry's into these. Do you know where I can find some? And I literally was like, I had all these 25th ones that I don't put out. And I don't play with. I'm going to keep a few of my favorites. You can have the rest. And then he got sick of them and gave them to his friend, who was also, I'm friends with his father. And he called me. And he was like, hey, where'd you get these? But he likes the older ones because he likes to customize them. And I was like, well, you know what? He can have my old ones. I'm going to keep a few. But if he's really, like, he went to the hardware store and bought the plumbing O-rings and the tiny screws to take out oh, Russian shit. screws. And like, he was going to flea markets and picking up like the core and he was yep. going nuts. So I was like, you know what? Go ahead. These are literally not going on display. They're in a box. You're going to have fun with them. I That's what they're for. Mm -hmm. They're to be played with. And they're all beat up to the point where I'm not giving you, like, a $500 action figure. Like, I wasn't yeah. going to be giving him a straight-arm Cobra Commander or anything like that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, who taught you guys how to play with G.I. Joe? Or is that something, like, Mike, was it your brother? Or is that something you just kind of picked up on your own? Because I remember my neighbor was, like, he would just reenact crazy scenarios where, like, a Cobra vehicle catches fire and crashes into a school bus full of Cobra and then explodes and they run around on fire. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the funniest thing ever. I got to do this. <laughs> I, I was for me, it was one of those things where I kind of figured it out on my own. Um, and I had my own like what I used to do. And I've said this before is I would I would make up storylines. So there was it was never like Joe versus Cobra. It was always like some kind of crazy convoluted sci fi storyline you know, with monsters and I'd bring in my my He-Man figures and my Ninja Turtles and all that. Um, but there there was one friend in particular, my my friend Jeff growing up. He was the one who introduced me to like the the more of the action movie, like, you know, bare knuckle brawling type G.I. Joe fights, because I always did like these grand sci fi epics. And he would just take like two figures and have them beat the holy shit out of each other. Um, he even went so far as the one time he had his little brother 
holding the, uh, you know, like the little, um, the hose attachment for your sink, like a little yeah. sprinkle hose. He was playing in the sink and he had his brother holding the hose attachment on. So it looked like they were fighting in the rain. <laughs> like, he did all sorts of crazy shit like that with the GI Joes. And it was always just like pick two characters. They have a reason to beat the hell out of each other. Only one's going to walk away. And once I kind of wrapped my brain around that, I had a lot of like, you know, fights on the the edge of the stairs or like, you know, fights on the windowsill falling outside into the bushes type of thing. Um, well, but yeah. are you guys with me in that? Like they were G.I. Joe's, but they were also your actors. Oh, yeah. In whatever crazy movie like they were your Return of the Living Dead punks. They were your roaming the apocalyptic wasteland warriors. They were anything you needed them to be. Superheroes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what about, what about you, Josh? As far as like learning how to play GI Joe, I mean, honestly, I think probably just from the commercials, the TV commercials. I can't think of any specific friend other than my brother uh, who I would have had around at that time. Uh, we did have some friends in the neighborhood. I didn't really make like close friends in the neighborhood where I lived until. I moved to Niagara Falls at like age nine, you know, being younger than that. Most of the friends I had were either my brothers or they were just, you know, whatever, some kid who lived there. And I don't remember, even remember who he is. Um, but I definitely used to pay, used to pay attention a lot to the TV commercials, uh, just in general, not just for Chacho, you know, kind of copying uh, uh, what I would see. Um, but also there was that movie, uh, The Boy Who Could Fly with, uh, what's his name, Fred oh, Savage. Yeah. Remember that let's, movie? Let's and, take a pause for one second. There's people who listen to this podcast that think The Boy Who Can Fly is a bad movie. Well, those people and are wrong. He <laughs> is a figment of the female lead's imagination and that he doesn't exist. False. And to you, I say, <laughs> boo. Boo to you. Bah the humbug. Boy who, the Boy Who Can Fly is a goddamn 80s classic. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, it is. That <laughs> movie is great. Fred Savage is the reason we all buried our G.I. Joes at some point, because dead yeah. is dead. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. I learned actually from that movie, like, oh, like, shit, like, you could like, go outside and you could, like, dig trenches and holes and graves. And, like, man, he took it so seriously. I was just like, shit, I never th- real, I never thought about leaving my bedroom. Like, I could go outside. And, <laughs> and then from then on, it was like, man, I was building, like, ice forts and the snow drifts and, yep. you know, yeah. I mean, and I had characters I lost for years and, you know, we'd go dig up some dead root uh, for the tree in my Batman, my front yard in the black maple. And it'd be like, oh, shit. Like, so that's what happened, you know, to Night Creeper or whatever, you know, (laughs) poor Naugahyde. He's still alive. (laughs) Man, there are so many G.I. Joes that I have lost. I have this muskrat, I think it was. He's like mostly orange and khaki. I think muskrat's the guy who had the surfboard. You're thinking of Spearhead. Yeah, Muskrat is Muskrat's all green, and yeah, he had the surfboard. Muskrat was board. awesome because he came with the machete yes. uh, and the boogie board. But I lost Spearhead. For whatever reason, Like he disappeared because you're a kid. You play everywhere. I was like playing outside, playing in the snow, playing in the air vents, anywhere I could mm-hmm. play. And I lost Spearhead. And then I found him again. Like, oh, yeah, he was under the couch. And then I found a second Spearhead. <laughs> which i had no idea Whoa. where he came from what? it was like huh and I, I remember like asking my brother like did you get a spirit he's like no we just we never get duplicates we just share and it was just like literally like where the hell 
did this extra guy come from? <laughs> See, I, I had so many extras. And again, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but my, my mom and my grandmother would go garage selling like every single weekend. And anytime they found like G.I. Joe or core figures, there was almost always that like Ziploc bag of like random accessories, <laughs> parts, and like a few broken figures for like a buck. Yep. They, they would always buy that for me because they knew I would take them apart and like make new toys out of them. Or like I would like electrical tape them to like vehicles and have like weird <laughs> freaking cyborg monsters coming after my Joes. But like, so I had so many duplicates and like weird, like here's, here's spearhead with a broken crotch and no thumbs, you know, type of thing. <laughs> um, but it was like, those would always become my zombie figures is when I'd get those broken yeah. ass, uh, you know, core and GI Joe figures from a, from a garage sale, slap some model paint on them and boom, I had zombies, you know, take my dad's power drill and just drill some holes in them. You know? <laughs> like I had a Sergeant Slaughter like that, who was. I swear somebody must have taken like a belt sander to his face because it was like almost all gone and it was smooth. So I just <laughs> took the power drill and like drilled a hole clean through his head and like painted it with like red model paint all dripping out. And I, I pretended like, you know, the return of the living dead zombie of like, how can you kill what's already dead? So it was like this Sergeant Slaughter with a hole in his face that would come after figures. Thanks. <laughs> but I, I loved finding junk figures that had, you know, you have like your favorite guy and his dick breaks. Mm-hmm. You can't play with them. Yeah, you got it. You you got to get or like, a new crotch piece. Broken thumb. So you <laughs> find like a junk guy at a garage sale and you're like, oh, he's coming back. Yep. He took some time <laughs> off. He, he got injured, but that hernia is healed. He's got Giving a new crotch piece that doesn't match. A dick <laughs> transplant. He's getting his dick <laughs> transplant. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'll call this episode G.I. Joe Dick Transplant. <laughs> So I have a question for you guys. What is yeah. your favorite vehicle from the line? Ooh, man. That I had? I mean, it could be, I could say like, okay, maybe you didn't have it, but played with. Um, so, I mean, I know everyone always says the flag, but I played with the flag as a kid. I didn't own it. It was cool, but it was basically a table. Flag you know? is, no, the flag is boring. Yeah. And nobody ever had like eight jets to put on it. Yeah. And even if you, you don't have the room for it, unless you have a finished basement, mm-hmm. you don't. Uh, vehicle. Are we counting mm-hmm. the Terradome? I mean, you could. Ve- vehicle or play thought. Let's, let's right. make it that way. Rolling Thunder. I would say Rolling Thunder is a great one. I never owned it. I played with it. Um, but I personally, it's a it's a tight tie. Between the Cobra Bug and the Hiss yeah. 2, the second Hiss. Yeah. The one that had uh, the troop transport capability. All the Hisses were great. Um, I had a... What the hell is the, mo- the motorcycle? Um, the, the Ram? or Yeah, I had the Ram and it was broken, so the Gatling gun was gone. Mm-hmm. And it was just my go-to motorcycle. Yeah. Because they never gave G.I. Joe motorcycles. The... I should have came prepared for this. The Dreadnought car. Uh, oh, the Thunder Machine. Or the Thunder Machine was badass. Yeah. Uh, so was their bike. The the three-wheel motorcycle that they had was really cool. And even some of the crazier, like, Joe and Cobra vehicles, like that weird, giant, big-wheel Cobra thing that the front split in half. Oh, the stun. The Cobra stun. 
the Corpus Stone was crazy. There's that thing that Cross Country drove the havoc. that like made no sense. Yeah, you laid down to drive it. All the vehicles you <laughs> lo- you laid down to drive, like all their go to plane that in the cartoon they sat up in, but the figures laid down in it. They oh, got the reused shark. over and over again. Um, I never was a fan of the Trouble Bubble. Oh, I loved that thing. Uh, <laughs> I loved the the Pogo vehicle. Yeah, the the Cobra Pogo. Uh, the Buzzsaw was awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, shit. <laughs> well, you know, even me, it was it was really weird, but that weird jet that came out the same year as the Buzzsaw for Cobra, that was like an Iron Grenaders thing that got repainted for the Star Corps. Um, oh, the stiletto. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. I liked the. I about that thing. What the hell was the the X-Wing style jet? Um, uh, there was the Co- Cobra Conquest. I'm sorry, the G.I. Joe Conquest. The Conquest that got repainted for Python Patrol. Yes. That was really cool. It's it's the Rolling Thunder because I had so much zombie wasteland play of these guys living on like this battle wagon, which was just I was. Sort of copying that movie in the 80s where, like, people lived in this souped-up RV in, like, a <laughs> nuclear wasteland. But it was zombies, and it always ended with the nuclear missiles going off. Of course. <laughs> um, but you had, like, a little tank that would go out. People kind of live inside of it. It was mm-hmm. fun. Josh, we cut you off 100 times. No, no, that's fine. That's fine, because I was going to jump in. You started talking about jets and stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because for me... Uh, I always gravitated more toward the flying vehicles and the jets were usually like bigger and more expensive. So they would be like the Christmas toys I would ask for. And uh, so obviously the night Raven, oh. uh, not, not my favorite, but jam like, holy shit. Like one of the best ever. Um, Such a good but, vehicle. But I think my favorite was actually, it's a tie between one of the jets and another one we already mentioned, which is uh, the Condor Z 25 with, yes. uh, with strato viper and it's yep. <laughs> and it's funny so because it's not just a vehicle i love it because it like split in half and you'd have like two different uh jets and like one would go backwards it was so fucking cool but so the other one was the hammerhead uh is my other favorite because you gotta have like the underwater play we already mentioned that earlier because i but also because i love the ve- the drivers it wasn't just the vehicle but yeah. Dec- decimator in the hammerhead like it was just a, a one-two punch but then also with strato or arrow viper rather arrow viper in the condor and he was an okay figure but what i really liked about him is it, it was the 90s and the fact that he had like a goatee and like a bandana on his head <laughs> underneath his yep. helmet so we talked earlier about like what our go-to Joes were. My real go-to Joes were like my little uh, horde of, of like custom figures. And my, my favorite one, who was my number one character for years and years and years, I even like made little comic books about him, um, was it, I want to say, was it Crockmaster's Arms? Yeah, it was Crockmaster's Arms, but I repainted the little green bracelet to be black because I wanted him to be like buff. And it was uh, Arrow Viper's head. So we had that like cool goatee. <laughs> and then- yep. And then the rest of them, body legs was the Crimson Guard commander. The, um, with, so we had, you know, like the the dark, like burgundy red with like the armored uh, chest. So that was my number one character. I called him uh, I called him uh, Bloodshot, but before there was the Valiant comic book character, and <laughs> yeah, he was my like go to dude for years. See, I had so many custom figures that, oh, man, and like none of their their like none of them ever like made sense. It was just like this arm looks cool. Like, you know, that leg looks cool. Um, but one of my favorites was, um, it was the crimson guard head on, I want to say it was track vipers chest, 
but then crazy legs, arms and legs. It was a weird combo, but for whatever reason, I loved that figure. And he was like, I always pretended his outfit was like a stealth suit and like he could turn invisible. (laughs) So he would always like infiltrate the bases. I had a big love for uh, Chuckles. Oh, yeah. Because I was always desperate. I was always trying to make like a guy who didn't have weapons on him. Mm hmm. If I wanted some sort of civilian scenario, but everybody always had like a knife strapped to their leg or a gun or grenades, something like <laughs> always wearing a ton of grenades because that's safe. Um, but I was always looking for that, like just everyday dude. And the closest you could get for the longest time was Chuckles. Yeah. Um, just looked bizarre in retrospect. But yeah, man, this, man there's some great, great vehicles. Uh what do you guys, what's your opinions on the cards and the comics? I like the cards. I didn't really have any of, but the comic books, man, my sister got me into the Marvel comics and it was that, um, the, the silent issue, the, the snake eye silent one. Um, the, yeah. Oh, it's like 20 something. I can never remember. Yeah. Yeah. 26 that, or something. That was the one that she showed me. Cause like, I, I really didn't read at the time. I was like, ah, I don't want to read. That's boring. And then she showed me this like comic book with no words and it was snake eyes. And I'm like, this is so cool. And then she started letting me read her GI Joe comics and I really got into it. Like, and that informed my play quite heavily where there was like all of the, like the backstabbing within Cobra and like, you know, Oh, this character is, is related to this character. This character is a son of that character. So I started doing that with my own toys, like where I had, I, I mentioned this before on the show where I had, I had played a game with my friend, Jeff, that went like over the course of like two years where we had like the lineage of certain characters like, oh, this is the son of this character and that character's dead now. And like moving on with these new hero characters. And a lot of that was informed from from the comic book. But yeah, so we, I loved it. We just glossed over something that's pretty important. Your sister was in the comic books. Oh, yeah. No, she was. She's she still is. Yeah, she was huge in the comics. Um, I want to say. I don't know if it was X-Men that pulled her in, but like, yeah, she was like, she read Wonder Woman. She, I know she read X-Men cause I used to steal her X-Men comics and read them all the time. Um, but yeah, she would read a lot of like, like she loved GI Joe. Uh, she would, she would watch the show with me and my brother as well, but like, you know, she didn't really care too much about the TV show. Um, but yeah, like I know she liked a lot of horror books. Uh, particularly my dad used to have the old, um, uh, EC books. He had a lot of them. I mean, they're, they're beat to hell now. I have some in my collection. Their, their pages are falling out and everything. But he had a lot, of, like a lot of the Vault of Horror and all that kind of stuff. Um, he also had uh, the Journey into Mystery comics. I, in fact, I mentioned that on the show where I still have the first issue of Journey into Mystery from his collection. Um, but yeah, she she read a, a ton of books. That's awesome. Yep. I still, in fact, I still get her stuff for Christmas almost every year. I find some kind of horror comic and and get her a trade of that. I had some of the comics, but I was mostly like I got a lot of info from the cards of like yeah. who's dead, who's not dead, mm-hmm. because they didn't have like I'm guessing I've done it at some point, but like there was no like trade paperback, so I could get like a big chunk of a, a GI Joe Marvel story. I'm sure there's been a collection that's been released, but um, you know, like let's introduce Road Pig and have him kill some GI Joes that aren't doing anything. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> right. like I knew that from the cards. Same. Of like, oh, heavy metal got killed. Oh, they put Doctor Mindbender at the bottom of the ocean. 
<laughs> when he comes back, well, there's a new toy. You know, like that's kind of like that was my go-to if I didn't know it on the cartoons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A card set that's like still super easy to find. Yeah, for me, the 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 Impel card series was like, yeah, that was my continuity because I didn't get into comics at all until that G.I. Joe number 90 issue that I've mentioned a few times that it has that road pig cover. And so, yeah, but I mean, 90 issues in and it was the uh, early 90s or, or 89 or maybe uh, maybe late 80s. Anyway, the point is, like, there's no way I was going to go back and get back issues. Like, <laughs> as like a 19 year old yeah. kid, there's no fucking way I'm getting back issues. There's no trade paperback. Yeah. So I just read Joe for a little while. That's when I was just picking them up off the spinner rack at Kmart. And like as soon as I missed an issue because, you know, Kmart only ordered a couple of copies and they were gone. And then I had to go find a comic book shop. But that that took me a while. Again, being like 10 years old, I had to, you know, work work up with my dad to, hey, can we go to that, you know, dark comic shop next door that you think is you know creepy uh, you know, <laughs> next ne- next door to like the you know the baseball cards shop like you know and i wouldn't beg him to finally go over there but in the baseball card shop they had the gi joe cards and so i was collecting those and collecting the marvel series one and two in the dc that's actually that's how i learned about dc comics too i never read any dc comics except for some random like supermans here and there but i learned all the who's who from uh, from reading the cards before I ever even realized that who's who was a comic series first. Yeah. So for me, it was, I was big on the cards and then I didn't even really have the desire to go back and read the comics because I didn't need to, I got all the continuity from the cards. I had the characters themselves, the toys to play with and we had the cartoon. So I was like, cool, I'm caught up. Let's go and never worry about trying to go back. But now as an adult, that's one of those things I've never filled in. I'd love to go back and get, collections that do exist now and i just never have for whatever reason there's too many comics in the world to spend money on so it's like yeah i'll get to it one, one of these days uh, i did yeah, like, some, like of the, some, some of the relaunches they did with like devil's do or whoever it was later on yeah how much yeah. time do i have you know it's like can i really sit down and read this yeah. i want to you know like i want somebody to call me and say like hey will you review comic books for a living <laughs> eight hours a day you can sit there and read comic books for like, heck yeah <laughs> can you be the guy that rates our horror movies on our streaming service like oh i'd love to <laughs> right <laughs> uh you know in a perfect fantasy world mike what's your opinion on valor versus venom it's something oh, that it. like two packs man see now my only beef with valor versus venom um and I, and I mentioned this uh, again, probably on this show. I, it might have been on Buggy Ben's Closet. I can't remember. But it, w- it was the the slight change to the to the look of the characters, like where the proportions seemed off to me. Their waist always seemed way too small. Like it almost lo- it looked like an upside down pyramid where it was like it almost kind of came to a point at the waist. Um, and then like some of them had those huge freaking hands and little pea heads. So like there was like a stylization that they were going with in the early stages of Valor versus Venom and like the spy troops and all that, that just didn't look right to me. And it always pissed me off because it was figures I really wanted like Mindbender and beachhead. And I'm like, "Ah, I don't like the way these look. Um, They eventually got it right. And I think some of the figures that came out during that era are freaking fantastic. Like I want to say it's, what is it? Sand Viper? I think is his name. Yep. And they repainted him a hundred times as like awesome Oh, every version is awesome. <laughs> well, they were weird in that their arms were really long. Yeah. That bugged me. I love what they did with, like, the twins were cool because they gave them suits. Yep. And they came with, like, that awesome giant helicopter. 
Yeah. Um, the I just like the great. concept of like you get a good guy and you get a bad guy, mm-hmm. and then they kind of, as Joe likes to do, the line's dead. Now let's repaint them for a few waves in Family Dollar. Yeah. And they did that for a while. And it's like, I never bought them, but I always like the concept that, like, if I'm in the middle of nowhere and I've got the itch for an action figure, you can always find a family dollar. Now it's like, <laughs> it's Dollar Tree and I can go get uh, Final Faction. Right. But now I liked, I did like the Valor vs. Venom stuff. I feel like it was all leading up to the 25th anniversary, which, again, I, that is my my favorite era of Joe is... Uh, the Pursuit of Cobra was kind of the tail end of, of the 25th anniversary. That is like pinnacle Joe for me um, because it's what I want to see. It's some legacy characters, some new characters, complete new versions of legacy characters. So it's not selling me my childhood again, but they also had the occasional like, Hey, here's a modern update of techno Viper. Um, you know, he's, he looks very similar to the original, but we added a few bells and whistles to kind of update him. But then there was like, hey, here's Duke where he looks like one of the frickin' space marines from Aliens, and he's got a pulse rifle. <laughs> you know, it's like, or here's Cobra Commander with a completely different outfit, new mask, and like a, a red and black trench coat. Like, I loved that. That was so cool. And the, and the again, the articulation was perfect. Loved yep. the articulation on that line. But... So uh, question for you guys, if you had to pick, uh, let's say two years of the original Real American Hero line, what would you say was your your two favorite? Like, uh, I shouldn't say two years, but two waves of figures. I'd say hmm, right when the the better next came out. Okay. Going, so I'm just like 85, 86 or 84, 85. Okay. So, like, whatever it went, like, yeah, I think it was 85, 86, because it was, like, they introduced the new Dreadnoughts, and then the next year it's, like, Globulus, Tunnel Rat. Yeah, that's 87. 87. So, 86, 87? Yep. I think would be mine. See, mine uh, is definitely 89, 90, because uh, as much as I loved from 86 on up, if I had to pick two, it would be 8990, mainly because 89 is when we started getting the weird, wacky Vipers. So we got Alley Viper, Frag Viper, Heat Viper, Night Viper. Uh, we had the Hiss 2 with Track Viper. Then we also had the, um, what is it, the Night Force. So we had like, yeah. you know, Night Force Shockwave and Night Force Spearhead and all those. We had the Slaughters, Marauders, and Python Patrol. Yeah. Um, and then in 90, uh, we had the freaking uh, Range Viper, Rock Viper, Sovereign, all those guys. And honestly, all of the Joes that year were great. They, that was the year of Ambush, Rampart, Pathfinder. Um, oh, well, okay. Captain Gridiron was a little lame, but he he looked kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I got excited for him, and then I got him, and I was like, what's he, football grenades? Right. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I had buyer's remorse. But, yeah, you know, I, I was going for that same, like, 86, 87 line, too. But, yeah, I don't know. You might have sold me on, like, the 1990, except I would disagree. I don't really think that the Joes are that great that year, but it's the Cobra. The villains in 89, 90 are just, like, fucking every, hit every 
you know, uh, a Hall of Famer, right? From oh, Undertow yeah. to Night Viper to, you know, Range Viper. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, other than the uh, Cobra Law characters that kind of sold the 87, you know, era for me. But yeah, man, yeah. The, the villains coming out in the, like 89, 90, 91, there's just like ridiculous. That's everybody's favorites. Oh, totally agree. See, I uh, also for me, though, like the, the Joes in both of those years were because usually the Joes were the weakest. I mean, we I think we can all agree the Cobras are always cooler. Um, but like in 89, you had Stalker version two, where it's like Arctic Stalker that came with a kayak, a freaking like Jason Voorhees mask. Like, freaking uh, I remember M60. exactly where I was when I bought that. And like, <laughs> you know, like you don't know what they are until you see them. Like there's no preview for that and i remember going on vacation grandma took me to the store it was like a woolworth or something and i saw it and i was like comes with the boat he yep. comes with this giant buoy knife <laughs> a hockey mask like yep sold american that was also the year of of snake eyes version three now i know mike you're not a big fan of that snake eyes with the big knives on his chest but i love that snake eyes I yeah, like the concept of him the delivery was a little like i liked the 25th one better yeah. you could take oh, yeah. the knives off um yeah that was my my go-to snake eyes because i think i had lost the older one at some point so yeah the the uh version three one was the one i used the most <laughs> i'm just noticing too online i'm googling these i'm like <laughs> fucking target target and that guy he was such a weird <laughs> such yep. a weird character he might have been the first one that i stole from kmart so <laughs> <laughs> that was, I, I gotta tell the story again but that was the 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 first figure that i had that like my brother just kind of ruined the over over weaponization of GI Joe for me. Cause like I had him, like I was flying him over my brother's figures and my brother's like, he shot the grenades on his belt. And I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, your guy's blown in half. Now he had a series of grenades wrapped around his chest. We hit one of them and he blew up. And I'm like, Oh damn. And then of course, dark you had with the, the series of grenades around his leg and so my brother would be like, ah, oh, shoot him in the grenades. He can't walk anymore. <laughs> it's like, damn it. You know who but, was. They did this like after Serpentor every year you had that, like the new big villain for each wave. Yep. And it was Overlord. I think he came with this like robotic wheelchair. It was well, because you, you probably did the same thing. Every other kid did. It was like it was like a weird motorcycle looking thing that you kind of sat down in, but you could fold it back. And it looked like a fucking robotic wheelchair. Yeah. And like me and my friends were endlessly amused by this. We're like, you can make his vehicle into a wheelchair. <laughs> like, he was, he was my go-to villain for the longest time. And I don't know why I gave him my mender's cloak. Yep. He had like weird dragon claws, a monocle and a turtleneck pulled up over his face. Yeah. It's but, so Cobra. It's not even funny. But I mean like, yeah, that, that was what 90, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 89 so or 90. He, he's 90 and then 89 has Darklon. So yep. it's like, I mean, I, the, both of those characters were, got tons of villain play for me. Ah, uh, G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to do a G.I. Joe specific Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm down. You down? I was going to sure. do a G.I. Joe character anyway, so. <laughs> All right. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. But first, a word. From G.I. Herzog. And then we're going to wrap the show up. We'll be right back. Perhaps you're looking for something with more advancement opportunities. Why not apply to the Cobra Sciences Division? Where you, 
along with your new leader, Dr. Mindbender, will be gifted the most wonderful of Cobra uniforms, a pair of suspenders, and a metal codpiece that will in fact hide whether or not you have a very abnormally large or small genitalia. Are you endowed like a horse at the Cobra Applied Sciences Division? Nobody will ever know. And that will be your benefit. For you can fuck anything you want. Like the bats. I don't know this from experience. I swear it. And we're back. I don't know about you guys, but I think Cobra's in better hands now that Warner Herzog is kind of running the show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, Hail Herzog. Hail Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> what would, it, what would the, the Cobra Law version of his name be? Oh, God. There's so many. I mean, Josh's version that he sent us where he's just. He... <laughs> Oh God! You just heard it. I'm sure it's hilarious. Cobra, la 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 la. Um. So Hall of Fame from two weeks ago. Don just ate us alive with the Snoopy Snow Cone Maker, as as predicted. But this week it's all GI Joe and Don can't play. <laughs> hey Don, fuck that snow cone maker. That thing sucks. <laughs> that snow cone maker didn't come with nuclear missiles. Just exactly. Uh, so Josh, per the tradition, you're the guest. By all means, please give us your pick. All right. Uh, it, well, this is actually good because whether we were going to do a GI Joe episode or not, uh, I was probably going to pick the same figure next time I came on the show anyway. So I'm glad to be invited back. Thanks, guys. Uh, and uh, I thought uh, Mike was going to steal my thunder here a minute ago. I was like, shut up, shut up, because <laughs> I am going with uh, Darklon and his evader double pack. Yeah. 1989, That's... Darklon's evader, Darklon himself. My, uh, I got to repick. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's paramilitary jason that's exactly yeah. what that is yep. yeah <laughs> and i thought i always remembered that it's so funny that on his uh his bio card or whatever they always talked about how he had like telemarketers working for him because he's so much of a villain that he even like wants to bug you at home <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous in the best way <laughs> i love it i love it um mike what's your pick i want to Look up a second uh, one. Well, let's see here. I don't know that I can take down uh, Darklon because, damn, that, that's a that's a damn good pick. Um, I, I'm afraid to go with my favorite just because I know he won't win and then I'm going to feel bad about it. So uh, I'm going to go with Annihilator. Ooh, good pick. Mm. Helicopter Ooh, backpack, you know, from from the, the two year era I had mentioned, you know, 8990 era. Yeah, I, I did love that figure. I, I mean, any of the Iron Grenadiers were great, but yeah, Annihilator was was one of my favorites. Yeah, that was that was a great era. And his uh, the shape of his helmet, which I always thought was so freaking cool, is like when when the Phantomess came out and those stupid like Roger Roger like droids. And I always thought <laughs> yeah. of Annihilator and his like weird like duck helmet, which I thought <laughs> I loved it. Yep. <laughs> All right, 
I always love the figures that came with a, a backpack that was like a vehicle. But anyway. yeah, I think yeah, like um, Zartan. Mm-hmm. There's a few guys where like it wasn't even a vehicle, but in my mind, it was a vehicle. Muskrat. Oh, yeah. This yep. weird swamp boogie board. Why would you boogie board in a swamp? <laughs> <laughs> right. It didn't make any sense. Exactly. Or like we were, just, we were just just we were talking about like Target and like was it the Astro Viper that had a weird like uh hell like uh, oh, he had the, rock, the, rocket the, pack with like yep. handles on it. Yep. Yeah. Loved that one. All right, I'm gonna go for a guy just because he's nuts. Uh, he's not going to win, but I just want to nominate him as one of the most bizarre G.I. Joe villains out there. Headman. <laughs> yes. The, the pinstriped, ponytailed headman. The nice drug dealing pimp. <laughs> because they had to have anti-drug G.I. Joe's. Oh, God. But was he also. 92. No. 92. Yeah. We've got. Uh, but his missile launcher <laughs> boots were really cool because he had like the headhunters, the headhunters, and then the next year they had the headhunters version two, which are like these crazy SM spike guys. Yeah, the headhunter stormtroopers. They they had like a skull mask. Those things were awesome. I still have mine. He's, yep, they're the ship. But like, I loved the first headhunters because they came with like that T two sawed off shotgun. Oh yeah, and they had a freaking cool ass look to them. They they looked like they walked out of Mad Max. The only thing that was like, weird about them is they had that traditional Hasbro didn't want to sculpt the face, so they just have a visor. Yeah. But I loved him. But yeah, Headman, just nice. I played with him <laughs> way more than I should. He I, is Hamburglar the G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, and like, I'm looking at the card art now. He's got like acne scars and he's drooling. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a coke nail. I, th- I think he kind of he kind of fits that aesthetic of like the pimp version of characters that you've mentioned before, <laughs> yeah. right? He's like the pimp Joe, like there's like a pimp Destro. <laughs> this, this Headman, is... head drug kingpin. Yep. This is like Hasbro had the balls to have drug dealing action figures for your kids to buy <laughs> and play That's with right. at home. That's right. <laughs> this is totally the Captain Planet era of entertainment. Yeah. You know, where all the bad guys were either dealing drugs or toxic waste. <laughs> One or the other. I just had a quick question for you guys. What do you think if, like, Captain Planet was back? Or, like, any, like, woke toy line now? It's Is it toxic waste? Is it, like... Corporations. What's, yeah, what's the villain? Oh, like, yeah. oh, he's abusing social media. We we would totally go back to the, the Reagan-era... Uh, villains of the 80s where it would be like megalomaniacal like corporate overlords mm-hmm. who would who would yeah. be like you know basically they'd be creating robocop while they're siphoning money to like from the city that type of a yeah. thing like it would it would absolutely well that, and that's kind of why with with the uh to, to do a little synergy here the the raised by rentals uh where we cover our own gi joe ideas that's one of the reasons why i had cobra dipping their fingers into all of the the global corporations because <laughs> i was like they would totally be the bad guy now yeah, yeah well, totally I, I, of I, course I definitely, they would do that I, yeah and i definitely think that they would be there would be a whole message about you know uh global warming and you know uh climate change and i think there would be parent groups you know conservative parent groups would complain about it and 
you know, whatever condemn it, but it would become even more, more popular because of that. And yeah, then there would be storylines about, uh, you know, corporations, uh, trying to get like, uh, you know, fragging rights or drilling rights or something. I think yep. it would be more about like, uh, fossil fuel and oil spills in the Gulf than it would be about like some kind of a glowing green, like ooze. Yeah. Not, I totally yeah. agree. It wouldn't be about divisive politics. Don't do that. No. You know, real, real quick, because I know we got to wrap this up, but one thing that I meant to ask you guys that I totally forgot, if you could pick one sub-team of G.I. Joe, oh. your favorite sub-team, like, like, and it doesn't even have to be just they're the coolest, but one you played with a lot or really enjoyed. So, like, right. were you guys Ninja Force or Night Force or Echo Force? Who was uh, Night Force. Night Force? Was my favorite. They were all cool. Yeah, I think I don't I don't I think probably Night Force. I mean, I think my real answer is the just Iron Grenadiers in general, but I don't know. Yeah. I have to I don't recall if they were ever like uh marketed as like a team or like a group, but I just liked that uh that that story, that whole concept. But yeah, probably Night Force. See, mine mine is a a tight tie between two of I think what is is some of the most hated uh, G.I. Joe's uh, because it was toward the end of the line and people complained about the type of figures, but the Mega Marines and the Star Brigade. I freaking loved those figures because it was like at this point, G.I. Joe was like, fuck it. We're fighting monsters and aliens. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I thought you meant like specifically like those repaints. Oh, no, just like any you of know, the sub like... sub teams, like some Ninja Force, Night Force, okay. uh, you know, uh, the, the DEF, the drug force that we were talking about. Um, you know, Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I don't like. I still hate to this day Battle Force 2000. Oh, see now, <laughs> D DJ and and was a Dodger. I think his name was Dodger. Uh, let me go back. Hold on, real quick. Let me look him up. Frick, what thought, year was I it? Thought, I thought Dodger was a uh, was a Marauder. I couldn't can't remember offhand. Let's see. Battle Force yeah, he was one of those. The, the first three Marauders was Dodger. It was like yeah. Mercer, Dodger. Yeah. And no, 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 no. Uh, no, I'm looking at Mer it was Mercer, Red Dog and Taurus were the Marauders. Oh, OK, Dodger oh, okay. was Battle Force 2000. He was the guy who looked like uh, one of the Space Marines from Aliens. He had mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. the green helmet with the the camera on it. Yeah. And he had like the I, I love that figure. <laughs> yeah, I had. I, I do remember liking these these characters, like these versions of the characters. I remember terrorizing my parents to get the set to complete the thing that you built. Oh, yeah. It was the, just the like a, a form. It was a platform. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like really being into the concept of the guy who had the blue helmet. That, like <laughs> it was like a space ski mask thing. Mm -hmm. And just not those all the whole team got buried when they died. And those were the <laughs> ones where the, it was the cat box story. Oh, I, yeah. I dug them up later and it was like, oh, that's a cat turd. Ah, there he is. There's Dodger. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, I, I, I liked the only one I had, or I'm sorry, the only two I had. I had Dodger and Knockdown. Um, I didn't have any of the others, and I got them secondhand. Like there was a, uh, actually, Strasburg, you might remember this. Do you remember Fielder's Choice? In oh yeah, Falls? I remember because uh, that's one of the shops my dad used to shop at, and I know because. The son of the owner was, I went to school with him. And so, yeah, we used to, my dad would always want to go in there first and I would hang out with uh, Ryan. Mm -hmm. See, now I used to go there to buy secondhand video games and secondhand G.I. Joe's. 
<laughs> and I actually bought uh, both Dodger and Knockdown uh, there when one of my friends was going to buy baseball cards, and I was like, "Ooh, GI Joes!" <laughs> and I bought those. <laughs> That's that's where I bought my very first uh, Marvel trading cards. My first trading cards ever, uh, Marvel Series One. Ah yes, oh man, yeah. those were cards. See, and, and what I learned from the trading cards, segueing back to the Joes, is I never knew who Battle Force Two Thousand was really, other than seeing the toys. But I never understood like what the story behind them was until I got the Joe trading cards and read all the bios in the back of them and found out that oh okay. That sounds cool and all, but what's even better is when uh, Larry Hama realized the toys like weren't on the shelves anymore, so he just blew them all the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember that because I remember thinking there was there was this one card. It was probably DJ or somebody, and it was like you know they they all died in like the battle of whatever you know they, when you know Cobra like blew up the uh, the station battle station that they were in. And I was like, oh cool, next, read the next card, and then they all died. And I'm like, wait, there's like six of these like. These guys, like, how many of these characters died? Like, holy shit. See, I always loved DJ's weird ray gun because he had that, like, red weird laser gun. I thought that was the coolest gun. But he he was one of those figures that had the hose that didn't make sense. It, like, there was a hose that connected from his shoulder to the back of his head for some reason. It was like, what? what's the point of that? He, he breathes out of his shoulder, obviously. <laughs> It's so strange. They clearly had hoses in the warehouse. Like, you got to use these. Yeah. <laughs> Get some hoses out. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to let everybody go. I got to go dead. Yeah, uh, it's about that time. Yeah, same like, here. Be safe out there, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will be. Don't go grocery shopping. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll just door dash for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah same here. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thanks for having me back on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime, Josh. All right, everybody. This is Mike saying play with your toys and enjoy your G.I. Joe week at the Red Pantheon Podcast Network. Woohoo! Indeed. Bye, everybody. Bye. CountCreepy.com on the World Wide Web. Must I say it again? Did you not listen? CountCreepy. C-O-U-N-T-K-R-E-E-P-Y. Ah.